With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the dive bar of the IWC. Welcome to Wrestling on the Rocks, episode one. Again, with me today to break this shit down. Oh shit, here we go. It's Bishop. What's up, dude? <laughs> What's up, Muppet? <laughs> What's up, Muppet, man? <laughs> I still got to get it down to uh there's a puppet shop in town like a, like a workshop and you get like those little stems for his arms so I can mm. have him sit here and like actually just <laughs> go you know like, You um, know whenever I hop on an episode 1 and you got your hand up a furry ass I think yeah. it's going to be a good show. 
It's going to go all right. You know, things are going to be good. You just feel secure. You feel safe. <laughs> nice you know? and warm. <laughs> yeah. No producer lady walks in and I'm just sitting here. Me and Marv scrolling through my phone. She rolls her eyes and walks us out. I'm like, go ahead. I got Marv. <laughs> we don't need you. <laughs> she's supposed to be working. I think she's eavesdropping. <laughs> I hope, I hope Marv didn't hear her screaming. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, how you been, dude? It's been a while since we've had a drink, since we've had an episode one. Yeah, it's been a couple weeks, you know. Uh, two weeks later, one year older, you know what I mean? I took yeah, off last cool. week to celebrate my birthday, and you took off last week because you said, fuck it. <laughs> kind of. There's so much going on. I needed to get caught up. I was just being swamped and bombarded with with these side projects that were just taking up a lot of time. And I knew we were going out of town for the weekend. A lot of times I spend most of my weekends on the computer doing the editing and stuff. And uh, while I'm trying to manage time with Produce Lady as well. And so it's like managing all that. So this was one where I knew that just wasn't going to be an option. I was going to be out of town for the weekend. I wasn't going to have time to do that. So it was, all right, those couple hours a day for the show, I didn't even watch most of the product that, that week. I came back and I had to watch it later. Like it just was those hours I needed to dedicate to getting caught up as of now. I don't think I'm totally caught up, not where I'd like to be, uh, but I think we're close. So, so we thought we'd come back and have a drink with the boys, Bishop and Marv. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man, I'm happy to be back. You know, just, I mean, basically, basically what you were just saying there is that, you know, there, there comes a time when you got to prioritize and, yeah. uh, you know, making sure that you're not in the, the wrong turn of phrase serving too many masters. You know, you have to know where to dedicate your time properly. So taking a little time for yourself, reorganize, restructure, get the brainwave lengths, you know, kind of moving in the right direction, you know, free up the cloudiness and, you know, yeah. kick ass. And people can't even tell, but I'm I'm using a whole different different setup. I had to like reset up everything that we do here. So, uh, and the idea was to set it up in such a way where it wouldn't be easy, like you couldn't tell them doing it different. So, um, it was kind of a restructuring too, a little bit of a remodel, you know, as it goes. We got just in time in the chat already. It says cheers, guys, and to Marv. Very nice. What's up, dude? Very nice. Cheers. Uh, but yeah, cheers, man, it's Justin. been a crazy couple weeks too. All that stuff that was going on, and yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to. Well, let's start with what's in your glass. What are you drinking? What you got there? Um. So to, you know, get there. Um, a little Jim Beam, in a Jim Beam glass. Uh, yeah. A little JB for JB. Uh, yeah. Is how I decided to go today. Um, actually, actually, that's a good call. I got now, a little. I got a little I'm not gonna bottle. do. Now, this is Jim Beam Black. It is a different bottle than when I did my first live stream and drank about, uh, I don't know, a half of the double size, you know, so ba basically a fifth while I was on camera. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That was a good time. <laughs> it was, a, was, time. It was that... a long show. <laughs> that was... Uh... And, and another thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but no, I mean, at this point, um, you know, yeah, I think... Uh, think a solid cheers is uh in effect so i went jb yeah. for jb today yeah i got um 
I got a little mixed drink with some vodka, but for uh, for that news itself, I just poured a little Brothers Bond special cask neat. Um, there's nothing like the bond of a brother, right? Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, it was, was it yesterday? Tuesday. It was two days ago. Yeah. Because uh, I got the news while I was uh, hanging with some friends and multitasking another task from the master's hands, as you said. Uh, and then I started getting messages. Oh my God, did you see this? And I first, I saw someone say Jay Briscoe and I went, Gerald Briscoe? I was like, that sucks. And they're like, it's not Gerald Briscoe. And I was like, what? That doesn't make sense. <laughs> like I just, yeah. Was yeah. Uh, and then, and then, yeah. And then it became very clear exactly who they were talking about. Jay Briscoe. And the news came out and um, read the article. Did you see the, the breakdown of what happened? Yeah, I actually, um, because I'm local to where he is, I was trying to go through the local mm. channels of finding out the real news because I, I immediately had some dirt cheap bone to picks um, with how things were being reported. Um, mm. There was some things on, I mean, there was even one guy that, you know, put out there that news is coming in about his wife and she wasn't even a part of the accident. You know, this mm. without going too far down the negative part. Um, I did find the official Delaware State Police breakdown of the incident, yeah. um, and uh, it sucks. It sucks. He was uh, driving his children to where wherever it may be, and a uh, a car came was on, into his lane. It was on the way back from like a cheerleading thing for the girls. Yeah, he was just driving them back, and then yeah, and then the car coming the other way swerved over, and that was that. Uh, yeah sucks dude it sucks to do to i mean it happened in front of his kids yeah it sucks that it when, happened because of what he's doing stuff with his family and the the report too i guess because i didn't look into it further I, I don't like to get there but somebody took a screenshot a supposed screenshot of his wife's instagram saying that one child is um okay and fighting for health and the other one is not okay and fighting for the ability to feel their legs again um so yeah critical it's, condition i read yeah yeah it's it's a very very fucked up situation um as far as the details that's all i read and that's all i care to read it's it's such a tragic yeah. circumstance that um i yeah. mean look last wednesday i turned 38 uh yesterday his brother turned 38 he was 38 like this is i'm 38 now it's 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 not easy man like yeah i i what do you what are you supposed to do you know what do you fucking kids man like yesterday we were kids and yeah. today we're on here acting like kids yeah and it's I open a show with a puppet yeah <laughs> yeah like what yeah. what the fuck what the fuck you yeah. know and yeah. for and we're idiots with microphones and laptops and the iwc is the worst place in the fucking world and everyone has an opinion of who jay briscoe was and nobody fucking knew him and then you mm. see how everybody who fucking knew him fucking loved the guy. Yeah. And we've all said stupid shit. Again, all of us being 38, what did we say fucking 25 years ago as children growing up in this world in a not so socially conscious environment that mm. this this guy was blacklisted supposedly for homophobic tweets so long ago that he's apologized and. I, Effie was even one who came out and said he was the sweetest person to him, you know, and of course you don't treat everyone like you treat one, but at the end of the day, this guy was a fucking human and that 
that video of him cheerleading with his daughter is just like that's who he was. Yeah. No matter what, he wasn't a deathmatch wrestler or one of the best tag team wrestlers of all time. That's who he fucking was. He was the dad willing to be silly enough with his daughter because his ego yeah. is as big as his daughter's smile, man. That's that's who he was as a person. I didn't fucking know him. And it was funny because when I found out they were from Laurel, I was like, man, we played them in preseason basketball my senior year. Like, there's a chance I played basketball against the Briscoes. Like, that's fucking yeah. cool. Like, yeah, but you probably did. I might have if they played basketball. I don't know if they did because they were wrestling yeah. as well. So, you know, yeah. same season. But it's like, you know, I to to Justin's point, he said when Tony Khan tweeted it out, it hit like when Brody Lee passed. Um, it is heartbreaking. It didn't hit me like it did Brody because I was a fan of him. I was a fan of Luke Harper. And I I didn't see the Briscoe as much. And it's just because I didn't go out of my way to do it. And I should have because they're, they were special, especially yeah. to the wrestling community. Yeah. Um. You know, but my dream matches are always against the Usos. So until you wrestle the Usos, like, hmm. you know, like <laughs> that's what I want to see. Um, but yeah, it's it's a shame and uh it sucks. It sucks because the community. I mean, another thing, again, being local, I saw that um the school district before we found out on Twitter from this, the school district canceled school for the next day and said to keep the Pew family in your your thoughts and prayers. They they're the, they were beloved by the community that they lived mm-hmm. in their entire life the community they were raising their children in, you know, and for all intents and purposes, I don't care what anybody wants to say to me. uh, We lost a beautiful person on this earth and it sucks. Yeah. I also feel like the, as much as people want to say, Oh, he's an amazing wrestler. He was an amazing wrestler, best tag team. That's all true. But like, to your point, he was an amazing person who showed growth. He was a perfect example of human growth and change. And that's not easy to continue to, be better every day, especially when you're a public figure that in the face of it, people are refusing to believe you. They're refusing to allow you to be better than you were yesterday. To them, you're only what you were in your worst moments. And to be able to stand up every day and say, I'm better now and will continue to be so and not fall back. He did a tweet a long time ago, more or less. I've seen it. It wasn't inflammatory. It was more of opinion kind of thing. I don't know how it even came up. It sounded like some, it sounded question and answer. It was so direct. I did not support same sex marriage. He says, but he pulled back on that. He's like, you know what? That's just how I was raised in my church. It's what I believed growing up. And he goes, I see things different now. Like he changed. He wanted to be better. He was, he said he wasn't going to teach his kids that same mentality. He didn't want it to go on. He knew that if it was in his head, it was in his head and his ability to not allow it out to his kids heads he wanted to raise his kids better than himself how do you how do you not look at that as change and growth and how do you not reward that with we can be better it's like i've been saying about the iwc over and over and i know sometimes we call it cancel culture and i know that i've been uh uh, personally maligned for calling it that and not just saying it's accountability culture because all we want is accountability and my response has always been then where is the resolution accountability has a resolution You're accountable for what and until what end, like where's redemption. And he's a perfect example of someone who's refused redemption in the, in the face of growth. And that sucks because it's his family. Who's going to hurt now because of all the potential financial setups he could have had for them that he was not, he was not afforded because of 
a dumb statement that he not only wished he didn't say, wished he didn't feel. Yeah. yeah. You know, and made sure yeah. he never felt that way again. And that's huge. And yeah, to never just say, you know, contrition of how he felt, he would teach it to his children. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's the, the biggest part of growing up is, is, and I'm, I mean, I've been in therapy for a year now and the biggest thing I, I'm trying to do is not imprint my learned behaviors on my son. Like that's, that's what he, that's exactly what he was doing. Not imprinting yep. his learned behaviors. He had no choice to learn his opinion of that time because it came from somewhere else, but he had the choice to not inflict that same opinion on his children. And to do that is, is fantastic. And not to keep talking about that particular aspect of him, but look, I, for someone who was out of wrestling for a very long time, for someone who only navigated to the WWE product, uh, the Briscoes were always a thing. Mm-hmm. They were always a thing. And I didn't know until I got in the podcasting a couple years ago that they were from Delaware, which, you know, small town, I should know, but no, I, I didn't. I didn't. And to know that, I mean, fucking Kevin Owens tribute to Jay was beautiful and heart wrenching and Tommaso Ciampa, Beautiful and heart wrenching, uh, and, and the countless others who I haven't read yet. Um, but you know, it, like you said, accountability without contrition or the ability for redemption. Um, then you guys are just picking fights, one sided yeah. keyboard warrior shit, and that's just bullshit. Yeah, it's just mobs. But yeah, I just wanted to celebrate him as a person on top of him as a wrestler because he he also as a wrestler made you believe. He made me believe, like literally, he was one of the first matches on one of the first GCW shows I ever went to. And I remember going, Oh, this is what GCW is. This is why people have a fervor for it. This is why they were able to sell out the Hammerstein. Like it all became so clear because of them. And I don't, I don't even mean that hyperbole. I was bought in by them. I was like, Oh my God, it was, there's only a few times I can think of seeing somebody live as the first time I've ever seen them in a match at all. And like feeling it and going like, oh, like that was them, man. Yeah. Um the the one thing that made me not tune into the FTR uh trilogy, their promos in the barn were yeah. so like the fact that they kept going, This shit ain't fake, this is real, this shit ain't fake, this is real. It's like, yeah. listen, guys, you actually said it one too many times, it definitely feels fake. Like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so like to, absolutely. you know, to um, and Dax's post was very beautiful as well. Um, the fact that he attributes, you know, his now generational wealth to their trilogy on how they were, how much money they were able to make together off of that trilogy. Um, number one confirmed. Yes, it was orchestrated and fake. Like you guys tried a little too hard, <laughs> but it's how much they cared, man. It's how much they cared. They've both been wrestling. The Briscoe's both been wrestling for over 20 years. They basically are Ring of Honor. Uh, they're the reason why Ring of Honor stayed forever because they stayed forever. They never left. They never yeah. once left from pay-per-view one to pay-per-view end. They never once left. Um, for them to continually be bought in with the passion that they brought to every promo. Um, I mean, we all could wish that our wrestlers cared as much as they did. Yeah. Yeah. It was the same. It was a gut punch. And it really bothered me. I mean, not just because he died, but knowing what he was fighting through every day uh like just the stupid iwc bullshit yeah. it made me i hadn't been on i hadn't been on twitter in like three days 
I didn't even want to log in to see. I haven't seen those some of those tributes you had. I clicked on one link because someone said, "Look at the WWE's going hard right now on on Jay." Uh, not in a bad way, but like they were retweeting every one of their superstars who had something to say about Jay. And I scrolled that a minute and logged back out. But like, I haven't even been able to go through them all. Like I haven't seen much of them, I, but you know, it's there. There's just no way yeah. it's not like, and, and that's a bummer. That's what sucks. So, so tears in our beers. Oh, drink for dem boys, you know, rest easy. I don't know. I don't even know what um what his brother's gonna look like on on his own, or if he wants to. Yeah, I, I thought about that too. You know the, yeah. and of course that's that's just being dis- disconnected from the emotionality of it. You know, I experienced my own little emotions when it came to it, and then um, I did think about those things. You know, his yeah. brother was such a big part of um, the emphaticness behind their duo yeah. that. Um, but he he was he wasn't the A, you know. Jay was the A, and and Mark bringing up the B to hammer it home. Uh, it, does he have that desire? You know, right. what's that even going to feel like for him? You know, because he always chased his brother. Um, yeah, and they had their rivalry back and forth too. That was sick. Yeah. Ended in the yeah. chicken coop. Like, yeah, it was just. I wonder what's going on, and I don't mean like from like the the super Mark wrestling fan standpoint of like, oh, are we going to see more matches? It's just. I know what happened to me when I lost someone like a brother who worked in the yeah. same industry as me. We didn't even work together. And I know what that made me feel like going back to work and why I don't work there now. I don't even work in that field because I always felt like that. He, we were supposed to end up in the same company together. We always talked right. about it. We always applied to places. We were going to run a divi- like a, a department together. Like that was it. We grew up together doing this stuff and now we were both doing it. And when I lost him, I was like, what's the goal now? If the end goal was for us to be on top, you know? So I could just, I, for me, I just wonder what's next for him, you know, like and whatever it is, I'm sure he'll make the right choice. So, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the, the only way to put it. I mean, it's, it's, it's the wrong words, but like, it's a him problem. You know, it's, it's his, it's his cross to bear. And to be honest, I think he knows, I think Mark knows that um, everyone's going to support it. No matter what it is, no matter what it is, he'll be welcomed with open arms, um, and he he will he will be allowed to ride off with open arms yeah. for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's the, the tragedy is still underway. I mean, God forbid, with his children, anything happens. Like um, the the fight for that family is so much bigger than even what we're talking about right now. That yeah. um, you know, but I yeah, those thoughts definitely crossed my mind, um, and I I wanted you know I would. I, I'm already happy with the honoring that's been happened um, or that's been happening. And, uh, and furthermore, you know, it's going to, it's going to continue to come the the honoring of, of this man. And uh, yeah. rightfully so. Yeah. Yeah. Rightfully yeah. so. Uh, let's see. Was there was other news that we talked about before we went on. Um, I know we talked a little bit about a Mercedes promo that was. Yeah. Body. Spotty, spotty's Long. a decent way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but was there anything else news-wise? You know, honestly, and again, you know, uh, rest easy, Jay. Um, the news of his passing has kind of just put a blanket over the landscape of what's been happening. That mm-hmm. even if there was, I mean, what a you know, yeah, um, yeah. 
you know what we could talk about because you want to talk about it for a minute and this 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 feeds in to uh his family legacy uh you were watching the young rock uh yeah. last week yeah yeah so yeah wrestling the, uh... brings families together in multiple ways <laughs> this might no, be another absolutely. way yeah the last episode of young rock they had my favorite um singles ladder match of all time explained the rock explained you know him and hunter at uh SummerSlam 98 and i've always loved that ladder match because it was really the beginning of rock superstardom and also uh an actual wrestling like first plateau for triple h where that character got to be now a centerpiece by himself um as the a side of these feuds so I see title goes to Triple H, Rock moves on to the next level, but also now is, you know, his full character. But the match itself was always about their particular battle. And it's kind of the last ladder match with like two ladders and that's it. <laughs> you know, every other match after that has 150 fucking ladders. Um, and it's just, it told a great story. So when The Rock was telling the story and we watched Young Rock as a family because, you know, it's The Rock. It brings families together. Um, but I... My son was watching. I go, bud, that match right there is one of my favorite matches. So as soon as Young Rock goes off and we watch it on Peacock, I just click, 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 click. I go to SummerSlam. I go, check this out. And he sees The Rock's entrance for the first time because we never really watch Rock matches together. Um, it's just awesome. Just awesome. So, And as we're watching the match, uh, he starts to see like where the reenactments are happening in the match. And he's getting excited. He's getting excited. And then there's a... Uh, there's one point where he hits the rock bottom onto onto the ladder and the three of us are just like, Oh, you know, like <laughs> just kind of feel mm -hmm. it uh, and the intensity of it. And there's, there's moments within um, the show where rock is pointing out the crowd reaction. And then when my son heard the crowd reaction, he was like, Oh dad, 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 that's what he was talking about. That's what he was talking about. Listen to him, listen to him, listen to him. I said, that's what wrestling does, man. It gets you to just, just feel it. Just feel it. And it's it's self-explanatory. It's self-explanatory. As you watch it happening, it, it delivers the emotion to you. And then, uh, once the match was over, I said, do you want to see another really cool rock match? He goes, yeah. So I put on Austin Rock at 19. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was fucking awesome. It's always – I love watching that match. Dude, my brother asked me once. Uh, he's, his wife said that she would watch a wrestling match. Uh and he goes, what's the match I should put on for her? And I was all like, Austin Rock, 17 or 19, if I had to venture guess for her to get a real good understanding of what, what it could be, right. what it looks like at its best. Where you're not just getting – because, like, look, a lot of people might say Hogan Rock. It's not the same match as Austin Rock. Like, And Hogan it's too and Rock, slow for a non-believer. Yeah. And you're kind of having to fill a lot of gaps. Yeah. Austin Rock, they're both two dudes – on top doing top guy stuff like it's it was great so yeah i agree that's it's a good pick yeah well dude let's get caught up a little bit i've sure. been gone for a bit it's been episode one for a little while figure just getting started might as well start slow see what's going on if there's anything i'm missing or you wanted to, to get into uh just well you mentioned a little bit that uh that shitty mercedes promo um yeah. or banks monet or whatever monet she's calling herself um, she called herself Banks Monet way more than Mercedes Monet. Absolutely. And Monet. all she needs to do now is call herself Sasha Monet. And we yeah. got the trifecta. Yeah. Um, look, New Japan put it on their YouTube, this promo. It is cutted and edited and twisted and turned and all this shit. 
and there's so many speaking errors that this is your opportunity to plant your flag. And that's what the promo sounded like it was supposed to be. Yeah. Is Mercedes planting her flag. And I listened to it and we came on here talking about it. I think it might've been on episode one. Like what is her, what does this look like for her? What does this ceiling look like? What does the potential look like for her? Yeah. And I said, you got to get us to care. Like show us why we should care. You have the opportunity yeah. to, this shit's in your hand. Do whatever you want to do. And I saw this promo and I go, okay, I'm good. I'm good. Like it just, it doesn't hit. She has the opportunity to punch you in the face. And for the speaking errors that she had, and you have editing and it wasn't live in the fucking ring. Like just do it over, get it clean, make it the best it can ever be. And just go fucking undeniable. And it just wasn't that. No. And there was too many. If you flub a word here and there once or once, maybe twice I go, well, yeah, you know, I mean, especially if you're live in the ring, yeah, it's live. What are you going to do? You flubbed. But when it's a pre-tape and you miss words, what grammar, what <laughs> context, what, <laughs> Uh, start repeating yourself in a vague way, like trying to figure out your rambling. Like, I was like, scrap this five minute promo, sit down, cut a tight three minute that you know what you're going to say and make us go, damn right, that's our Sasha Banks, you know? Right, right. But there was just too many. The first one I heard, I was like, oh, that's so weird. All right, whatever. And then she does another mistake that's completely grammatically incorrect and not even correct noun. And I was like, oh, what? Okay. And then she just does another and then another. And I was like, someone stop the tape. <laughs> just say, hey, hey, hey. we're uh, we're going to have to redo this. I can't have you sounding like that. You're going up against my top star. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. And I'm even thinking to myself, um, I-, I can't remember what wrestler it was, but there's been several wrestlers who have done their own vignettes and sent them in. Yeah, Like, sit down, okay. iPhone this shit. Be an idiot with a laptop and a microphone and make this the best fucking promo you can. No, I'm not perfect at my job, but like this is. I'll say it this way. Maybe I can say this in a in a, in a better light. What Mercedes is doing right now has the chance to be the biggest thing in women's wrestling history. Mm-hmm. She literally can do what Cody did for the women. In which prove that you don't need the machine, you can use yourself. And you can sell yourself to the audience in every locker room you step into as a viable asset in the wrestling world. She has that opportunity. Yeah. And at first step, she fumbled. Yeah. And then her She's second a, step. And on the, <laughs> and on the second Because she step. fumbled on the debut too. Her promo there was a little weak. And her move wasn't done right. And then here's her, and then she does the 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 afterwards conference where they're asking the questions. She fumbled there too. No one wanted to ask her any questions. She comes out and does a pre-tape one. She's fumbled there too. It's like you've got to s- slow down, regroup, and get this done right because, like you said, this is big and we believe in you. Yes, that's you know? the other thing we we want, and that, this is why I got blocked by someone on Twitter for making the comment. We want you to be the GOAT. We want you to be the best of all time. I'm, yep. I'm, no one to me will ever be better than Becky. Like, like I said, she's the GOAT that climbs the Mount Rushmore, right? She's sitting on top of it. Yeah, she's a mountain GOAT. But, for sure. but Sasha can. Sasha can beat her because yes. there's an athleticism within Sasha that exists above where Becky is. 
But Becky is so psychologically sound with her wrestling moves and her promos that this is Sasha's playground now. Go out there and do it. Mercedes, I apologize. Mercedes, This is Mercedes' playground. She re- literally, literally gets to do whatever she wants without any constraints whatsoever. If she yeah. walks into New Japan and says, I want to do this promo, I want to do it this way, I don't need any feedback. Okay, here you go. Yeah. Or, nah, I don't want to, because she hasn't done anything in almost a year. This is, it's right there. It's right there. Yeah. And especially for somebody who's trying to entice Hollywood. Right. You know what I mean? From a second standpoint, you're trying to like tell Star Wars you should be back on there. You're trying to tell Marvel you should have a place there. And they're seeing you fumble like this and not even do a recut. Like That was your audition tape. You send an audition tape, what are you going to do? And again, I, I meant to say it before too. She's more than allowed to make mistakes. Yes. She can botch a move during a wrestling match. She can flub lines in, in promos. When you have the opportunity of pre-tape, there is yeah. no excuse. Yes. When when you're caught up live at Wrestle Kingdom and afterwards in the moment because you have the jitters because you're generally excited, completely understand. Completely understand. No worries. Full on pass. Yeah. If you have a pre-tape match and you don't reshoot, if you have a pre-tape promo and you don't reshoot, that's a you problem. That is yeah. fully on you. And there is no excuse, especially for how many years in the business she is. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't give that part a pass. Yeah. That was the thing that was weirdest to me was that was the one time where it's all like, this is the one thing that should have been perfect. And the video has obvious cuts. Yeah. So you did some editing, but not (laughs) what did they cut out? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Can you imagine to send in like a 20 minute promo and like, this is as tight as it gets. Dude. And that promo is on the map globally. Yeah. On a global Global, it's been globally pit, pit, it's been pitted on the map. It's been pitted globally on the map, on the map globally, on the global map. But dude, I want her to do so well. I was really trying to go to see her in San Jose. It's not going to happen, but I was really trying to, and I want this to work because this could be huge. This could be huge, but like massive, like massive. Here's and here's the thing too. IWC, we're not, uh, we don't understand contracts. Uh, and we have terrible, terrible wrestling takes. Yep. So combined, like, we're really not good at any of this stuff. No idea. But let's talk about, you know, pay scale, right? Like, John Cena yeah. can literally make $10 million a year in WWE based on men being a bigger draw than women and merchandise sales. It's just facts of how that business works. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Mercedes can make $10 million this year by executing what she's doing. They, yeah. The amount, it, it, if this match comes off with Kyrie so well, the amount of posters and t-shirts with the poster card on it, like everything they can do that can come off of this, the wrestle cons that they can have afterwards for, as she said, the best women's match of all time. Yeah. This match has that opportunity. Because they yeah. have no constraints besides their own creativity, there yeah. is they're not, they're not going to be pit with pit, <laughs> yeah, pit with time limits. They're not going to be pit with wrestling constraints. They're going to be on American soil doing things that these women can. What hasn't Sasha done in WWE that she? Yeah. And then you take you take the reins off onto what she wants to do outside of that. The match can be fucking epic. 
And Kyrie yeah. is a hell of an athlete. So yep. everything's right there for them. And if they fumble, that's fine. Regroup, get it next time. But there's been no equity built right now to let me know that if they do fumble, it's going to get better. Yeah. Yeah. And and there's only so much that your current presentation being an echo of your last presentation can take you, you know, like you got to be more than an echo. That's how I think. So I'm just want to turn that around. I just want, that. I just yeah. want this to go good. Yeah. Like if you've got another yeah. thing to say, you know, um, well, let's talk some, uh, some raw SmackDown storylines, things going through since we've missed two weeks. We're not going to obviously cut down every single show and, and such. Um, and I'm going to use this last week's as my anchor. And you, you're going to have to call back to the week before if you, if you feel like there's a tie through. That sounds good. We can do that. Yeah. Uh, it did open up. I thought interestingly enough with Braun Strowman, like I'm not saying that the match Braun Strowman and Gunther wasn't the opening match, but like literally the opening of the show, you hear Braun and you know what? They always try and put a big, Oh shit here we go moment to open the show. And I think it's very interesting that they still think Braun Strowman's that guy. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he's off TV this week and then comes back. Um, Cause they did the whole green Bay thing yeah. with the yeah. shoes and the child. And they told that story and that was really cool. So was cool. I, I would think it had more to do with that than Braun Strowman being the draw. Um, but I could be wrong. Um, Because if they closed the show with that match, um, it would have been an awesome closer to the show. Uh, And you would still be able to tell the story of the shoes and Braun being from the area. So, um, you know. You think part of it was just because you usually have the most number. I mean, I guess nowadays it used to be reversed, I suppose. But uh, the most number of eyes are right there on the top of the show. And you want to grab people by showing them a big monster and then saying, oh, also he's doing charity right now. So people can know. Uh, I can see that. I don't think it's as nefarious mm-hmm. as it might be sounding right now, um, but there's yeah. a chance. I mean, if it happens again and there's less of a reason, then I think we're definitely on to something. Um, yeah. Maybe I, I do. I do think it just might be victim of circumstance. Having the match being in Green Bay, having the shoes with the auction and all that stuff. It mm-hmm. might be just a whole lot going on at once. Yeah. And and not to say that I don't like Strowman. I don't think he's that guy. And they probably also just trust him to do that. Oh, yeah. It's an easy it, it could be an easy pick for them, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, the match itself, though, I mean, I liked it. Gunther's awesome. Strowman, it was difficult for the two of them, I think, to figure out how they're supposed to sell each other's power. And Gunther really understood how to sell Strowman as a big, powerful guy. And Strowman was having a tough time selling for Gunther because he's not really used to it. And and he is bigger than Gunther, but Gunther's also been built like he's stronger than he even looks. Yeah, I actually, um, and every week I'll do this um, if it happens. This is my match of the year so far. Um, mm-hmm. And because of that, though, I thought it honestly saw more out of Strowman than you did in in the same context. I actually thought it was Strowman actually registering the pain. He's like, oh, fuck, that does hurt. Thinking that he's maybe acting more so indestructible than, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So, like fuck, this guy does have chops that hurt, you know, because he never he never no-sold the chops. Like, remember when yeah. he got the first one uh, a couple weeks ago where he, he kind of no-sold it, and it was like, dude, that's that's Gunther chops. And then when he got the second one, he was like, oh, fuck, that did hurt, you know? So mm-hmm. the fact that he didn't no-sell it, it was like, 
it actually seemed more like he was trying to endure the pain yeah. as a tough guy than necessarily not knowing how to, um, mm. you know, sell the sell it that way. That's kind of how I took it. Because I, I honestly, I thought they worked great together. It came up, yeah. the match was way better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. 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 And I'm into that. That's a good concept for him. Uh, but yeah, the Intercontinental Reign of Gunther continues. I love it, dude. I think Gunther yeah, it's is fantastic. so good. It's perfect, That's- too. That It's perfect. Mm-hmm. We, we've talked about it several times that, you know, like, oh, the IC title is kind of perfect for Miz because he can come out, talk his shit. And it's so important that all these guys want to beat him up. Or it's perfect for someone like Dolph Ziggler because he can go out and put put on so many great matches with so many different people. It's also kind of perfect for Gunther, like showing him how prestigious the title can be, how important his character is now because he holds this title with such a long history and high regard. And his wrestling acumen is top shelf. Um, I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Dude. It's an awesome presentation with him. I'm I'm super into the whole Gunther thing, and I'm really. I mean, obviously, we have to build towards somebody else holding that title, but there's part of me is kind of like let Gunther be the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion of all time. Just let yeah. him. Just let that be the thing he wants. He wants to prove that that title means something more than, than mid card anything. You know what I mean? Like you can talk about Miz and Dolph fighting about who's bringing prestige to the Intercontinental Championship, but the idea of a long reign with Gunther doesn't bring prestige in that way it brings like a legitimacy to it in yes. a way like it brings a pride to it where it's not like i make this title relevant he's like this title can only be held by somebody of a certain standard like that's a different thing you know what i mean because at a certain point he's trying to elevate the standard that makes that title who do you think we could even? i know we're not trying to fantasy book it but i don't have anyone in mind that i think would be really cool to see take down gunther no, I agree. I agree. And I and one thing I was going to say uh, before, I say, it doesn't feel gratuitous either. It doesn't feel like he's being pushed down our throats. It doesn't feel like he's being overpresented. I think it I think it's so matter of fact, the way you just put it out, like the prestige, this title, this wrestler makes this thing exactly what we see. There's nothing more. There's nothing less. And that's to your point. Who do you? Because we talked about this uh, back on episode one. Um, the guy who takes it off of him, we're talking like, well, yeah, like, fuck yeah, Sheamus, right? Sheamus, no, Sheamus can go against Roman tomorrow. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, well, who's Sheamus with now? He's with Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre versus Gunther? Like, who's winning that match? Who do you think's winning that match, right? Gunther's so good that, like, even a McIntyre's not going to win. Hey, both of those guys are ready for Roman. Gunther is Roman. So it's, yeah. it is the same conversation. It, it really is. Who actually could and maybe it's a great starting point for a brawn breaker to come up you know um maybe it is i mean fuck it maybe this is where champa comes back and Mm -hmm. champa he shows you how you defeat a guy like gunther even at a size like his you know if he came back and did that like they they go on a trilogy run or or a dual shot, you know, he loses the first one but wins the title at the next one kind of thing. Um that's kind of the only way because you need someone who is I mean, because we saw we saw Choppa do it. So he's he's yeah. capable of being on the promo side next to Imperium's values, and he's more than capable inside the ring of breaking down a guy like Gunther. We just haven't seen anyone else do it. 
Didn't Gun- didn't Gunther beat Champa with a chop? Uh, the first time you won with a chop. Yeah, and I hated it, and you explained to me why it was awesome, and he's so been doing it ever good. since. Yeah, <laughs> so fucking good. So good. I love that. Yeah. Uh, Justin Times got a got a bishop style take here. Says the Intercontinental Championship has been f- treated fantastically with Gunther as champ. Just wish the United States Championship was getting the same treatment. I don't know how he thinks the U.S. Championship's not being elevated in the storyline with fucking Seth Rollins and Bobby Lashley. You know what I mean? Like their story yeah, yeah. revolves yeah. around them. I mean, the yeah. champion happens to be Theory, but it's not like Theory's a nobody schlub. Like he's holding his own against those guys. Like, yeah, he's getting elevated. Yeah. You know? Well, that's the thing. So. I get Justin's point, right? Because you know, we we speak the same language. Um, Terrible, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the fact that the 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 honor isn't there. But mm. to Justin's point, uh, what he's missing is that the circularity around the U.S. title has prestige. It's the U.S. without the U.S. title, and and this is a take that I got completely wrong a month ago because we thought. Or when I came on here, we said, well, what if Bobby and Seth were going after the U.S. title and uh, Theory and Dolph were going after number one contendership or whatever it was, that it felt like Theory having the title was doing less for him. Since that moment, since the triple threat, yeah, Theory has been able to, to put the U.S. title in front and grow his character behind it. He is, mm-hmm. He's becoming more than worthy to hold this title based on how confident he's become in his character and who he is. And he's another one, like Gunther said, on SmackDown. If I want to, I go in the Rumble, and I'm going to win. And main main event WrestleMania. Theory's not quite there, but you can see how his character is building to that moment where his confidence is going to go beyond the U.S. title. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't happen without the U.S. title. That's true. Uh, let's see the Ray Mysterio thing happened here. I like Ray, dude. I know people give him give him a hard time for his talking. I don't think he talks that bad. I think he I think he's fine. Like, yeah, he's not like cutting hard times, dusty roads promos and shit. But I believe what he's saying, the way he says it, I think it's good. He does a good job. He delivers the thing, and that's that. Like, I don't know what people want from him. Well, he over accentuates his emotions, and my son. You don't know anybody like that. Here in the I Southwest, mean, I know a lot of people like that. <laughs> it's just, it's a lot. It's definitely a lot. Um, but I get it. I get it. My only problem was carrying Cross. What's wrong with carrying Cross? Came out here and kicked the shit out of him. He, My he problem was the sucks. failed card. The tarot card didn't light on fire and they fucked up the spot. Nice. Did you see that? I didn't pay attention to it. Like I saw them pull yeah. the card out, but I didn't realize it was supposed to get on fire. If you watch the shot, she's holding the card and you can see her thumb and coming up from her thumb is like a little black straw. And as they're zooming in on it, you see like one spark fly up and disappear. (laughs) Nice. Just and you go and then like she's just holding it and like she kind of starts like looking back and forth like that's funny. (laughs) And then they just put it down and they go up put the card down it was supposed to be an ominous thing where they're choking him out and then the tarot card sets on fire here's your fate all that shit but instead it was mm, <laughs> holding my card <laughs> a little spark came from nothing it was funny yeah i was like oh that's rough that's i mean i'm spot. just i'm completely over carrying cross i they 
you know, people wanted to complain about the gladiator gear before he got let go. And then when he came back with the hair and he still had the same character, time is up, TikTok, all that stuff. It just doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. It never made sense to me in NXT, but it played well mm-hmm. because it was a big guy in a small arena. It it played better because all that smoke can fill the entire arena. But when mm-hmm. the smoke's building the stage and it's going up and it's not coming to the ring and he's not going through the way they were before, like it's just the presentation's off and he's wearing a leather jacket and he's got his hair slicked back and next thing you know, he's going to be singing Grease Lightning. Like it's just not a thing, man. Like carrying Cross is okay in the ring. Um, I hate his fucking... Uh, elbow it's one of the dumbest fucking moves ever um i just you know because i mean seth rollins does it as a transition you know it's just it's not uh, it doesn't play i, I don't know it's, something's got to change but he does nothing for me and if you're gonna tell me this is like drew mcintyre swinging the sword right he's gonna come out six foot four and then come out and play with ray mysterio's five foot okay you fucking bully like <laughs> well for one he's supposed to be a bully and drew mcintyre is not supposed to be a bully for two it's clear and evident to everyone listening, both of them. You're jealous of his hair, dude. Super jealous of his hair. You hate him because you're bald. And he's got glorious L'Oreal sponsored hair. Probably insured like J-Lo's butt. So, two things. Mm-hmm. Number one, he used to shave his head on purpose. Yeah. Because one, he's an asshole. Or A, he's an asshole. And B, he wanted to be like me. Two, I spent serious money trying to laser hair my head mm-hmm. because I don't want hair anymore. So I am not jealous of any strands of hair. Super jealous because he was also shaving his head because his thought was what kind of psychopath would shave his head when except for if he only cared about killing. Like that was the idea of the killer cross being bald was that he couldn't be bothered with hair. Because he's a psychopath. So only a psychopath would purposefully get rid of all of their hair. I'll own it. Let's go. All right, cool. Fucking uh, stab people in the neck if I need to. Uh, Justin says, Cross needs some intensity because his uh, offense looks really weak most of the time. I wonder, this is a pretty common thing, though. We've talked about it before, episode one. People coming from NXT uh, with all the other... Guys that would uh, break their jaws. Remember that just slew of injuries over and over again with all these top guys, and we loved those matches. O'Reilly and, and Finn and all that, yeah. O'Reilly, Finn, Cross. Um, I mean, even Adam Cole was having some of them. Uh, as much as I don't like him, he was in hard-hitting matches at the time. Uh, and then they come to the main roster, and everything looks soft. And I wonder if it has a little bit to do with you're playing with different people who maybe don't want the same thing. You know what I mean? Like O'Reilly's yeah, gonna let you break his jaw for the sake of the match. Tell Ray that Mysterio's to the Samoans. Not. You know what I mean? Tell that to to the bloodline. They don't they don't seem like they're putting opponents in danger nor looking weak. You know, solo oh, you fucking the, amazing. You mean the twenty year old veterans in the ring with people who are trying to come on the come up because they're already on top? So about a dude trying to come on the top. No, I was actually well, I don't care where the dude is when he comes, but yeah. Solo is like five years old and a fucking amazing. Like yeah, he's my he male wrestler of the year right now. Yeah, and he came in on top. And well, he started training when he was like two. That's not Karrion Cross's fault that he's not Samoan. 
Get better. Yes, why are you saying better. that? The problem I'm saying he has to fight his way up the card. The bloodline is on top of the card, and people are trying to get to them. So if they're going to punch you in the mouth, you just say, okay, I'm going to take a punch. Cross has to get Rey Mysterio to go back after the match and say, he's good, he's safe. You know what I mean? And not just Cross, but all these other guys. A lot of people end up with these real soft matches when they first come in because I think they're worried about upsetting the veteran talent, about being the one that Dolph goes back to the to Gorilla and says, dude wouldn't lay off me. Like, he's not listening. He's not coachable. Like, they don't want that kind of thing. So they're trying to, like, take it easy and work their way back up. Or Like, it happens so many times from NXT to the main roster. He might be a victim of that, too. I don't know. And I'm not saying that Ray's the problem at all, but, you know, obviously. But it could just be his own mentality. I have to do this because I don't want that to happen versus Ray saying, hey, take it easy on me, you know? No, I mean, I can see that, you know. and But even, what would they have? A fucking bull rope match or some shit? Uh, the strap match that I purposely walked around the arena for so i didn't have to watch that load of shit um because even that match they had a strap match him and mcintyre that's the one where you're supposed to prove yourself right i mean when i watched that back on peacock i go okay like i don't know it's a, I, I got a cross thing i guess i don't know but i also got a mcintyre thing where i don't think either one of them are worth that you know yeah yeah uh let's see backstage Liv morgan slapped raquel rodriguez in the face um what do you think about the live morgan thing i'm starting to hear scuttlebutt yeah i mean so what happened the week before she declared for number one in the rumble uh she yeah. wants to go in and whips whip everyone's ass i think what live is doing mm-hmm. is worth live doing yeah and us as fans should probably just stop because leading up to the title Liv could do no wrong, right? And then, especially when she got money in the bank, right? Liv in the bank was supposed to be something a year ago. She got it this year. We all fucking love it. She wins the title. It all goes downhill. Now that she's trying to reinvent herself for herself, go along for the fucking ride. Mm-hmm. And her wanting to um, go number one in the Rumble because she loves wrestling and just wants to beat people up, they're fucking right. Like when she did the thing with Raquel. Um you know, I got my palm red. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. <laughs> but I thought the match was solid. I thought her and Raquel did a decent job. So just keep watching live. That's the whole point. Yeah. yeah, I don't have a problem with that. And I'm always kind of like uh, amazed at the amount of people who do. Like that they just have these big issues and oh, what's this? And why is she doing this? And they just feel like that it's so much simpler than they're trying to make it. People are trying to overcomplicate it to such a point that they stop just being on the ride because this is this is one of those transitions that they don't have a spot on top not everyone can be on top all the time so she has to like this is this feels like uh, one of the seth rollins runs where he's we're just all like hey it's crazy he's in the mid card right like it feels like a seth rollins versus cesaro feud while while roman's going against ko or some shit where you go like how insane is this it's happening in the middle but you'll look back on it and go oh my god those matches were incredible this is a transition for Liv that's going to take some time to make sure that she's a not forgotten, two characters completely flushed out, and three ready when they're ready for her. You know. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the thing. And that also, as fans, um, Liv isn't ours anymore. And and I and I'm just I'm speaking as a whole, right? Because I'm still a fan the way I was through the whole. Like I, I didn't 
I didn't give up on her when she was having the the, the issues with Ronda and stuff, right? The fact that it never really clicked. But most of the fans did. The mm-hmm. fact that they rebelled so much at her title reign, that's that. sorry, guys, that's you giving her back. She's now going to do whatever the fuck she wants to do, and it doesn't matter to you anymore. Go fuck yeah. yourself. Like, listen to it, feel it, watch it, all that shit, go for it, but you no longer have a right to an opinion because when you got what you wanted, you gave it back. And the yeah. fact that you gave it back without supporting her in a way to where she can come out of the Ronda feud bigger and better, she now has to reinvent it to a way that needs to catch on to Justin's point, how she's inconsistent by being crazy one week and then, you know, regular live afterwards. Like, and then back to crazy. I haven't seen that once. Well, I haven't cause... seen her not be crazy since Extreme Rules. Now, what level of crazy is going to be de- yeah. be determined by that moment? It's slowed but I haven't down seen a bit one during thing... the, the holidays, but it's never it's never not like masochistic. Like she wants to get right. beat up, you know? Yeah, like yeah. There's different levels of it. You can't just have the same exact thing every time. She's adding layers to the character. Like I didn't for one second think like, oh, she's back to the old live. You go, oh, she's like trying to be good for a minute you know what i mean but can't you know what i mean like i never yeah no i agree i agree it's it's that like that particular take and i get justin's point too because i know he's a a big fan of women's wrestling like we are yeah um we would prefer see something that's really consistent really strong really after it but we don't we even me like i don't have an opinion i'm not allowed to to comment on her character anymore because of what everyone else did like you guys yeah. took it away from yourselves by pushing her away. Who she was when she won the title is who we wanted her to be. That's who yeah. we wanted. We wanted we wanted Liv from Jersey to get the title to be our champion. And she yeah. was. And then you all go, nah. It's like, yeah. That's on you now. So now Liv's going to do whatever she needs to do. Yeah. So now we get crazy, Liv. Uh, like Nikki Ash. Nikki finally wins the title as ash and then what two weeks later the fans are just like all right well it's just nikki with the title like, that's yeah. not that wasn't fair to her no yeah and she they earned were... it she earned it after you know sam roberts making the wrong opinion on the costume and she really gave her all in every fucking promo and then she gets the title and it's like well i guess we're kind of like we're kind of like nikki still like but it's not the nikki we wanted all along you know it's just Two years later, she's finally getting her shit back together. How fucked up is that? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I just don't think that consistency is what the fans want in this regard either. Because the other thing that a fan would say immediately is if she was the same crazy every week, is this is getting stale. This is getting old. So what? She's just crazy all the time. So you, right. she has to show variation she has why is she crazy she's not going for the title she just wants to beat people up for no reason this is stupid yeah yeah you don't know anybody who wants to beat people up for no reason i want to beat you up for no reason it's fucked up man there's got to be reasons (laughs) i mean i've got a list (laughs) there's there's a couple hours on here yeah Yeah. there's a few episodes you can dig up Um, it's gonna be hard to find though because it's probably in episode one yeah look through episode one they it's just i i don't i just don't see the the criticism but i i I agree with you that like there's also a point where it's like okay you turned your back on her she's got to rebuild herself and she's got to do it in a way that doesn't mean anything like doesn't has to doesn't have to matter to you it has to matter to to everyone else right um tegan knox versus xylee i liked it 
uh, I really like seeing Xia Li at all, and I was happy that Xia Li looked pretty strong. Uh, I just think I'm just still not on board with Xia Li just being their go-to jobber for everyone's returns. I guess it's the only time we see Xia Li. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's unfortunate, too, because my notes were uh, no mention of the sneak attack and Tegan won. Yeah, and we still never came back to Xia being challenged by Emma. Right. That never came back. And I was even going to bring it up and then it finally happened. I think it happened before we even, or all we, well, we, I think it was the week before this. Uh, they finally paid off the Scarlet and Emma back. Because uh, that was one too where I was like, God, that was like a month ago. Are they going to do anything about that? And then yeah. they had the match and it was the match that we had. And Yeah. And I, and I had a little bit on that match too. And, because the crowd didn't like it <laughs> yeah. at all. And I'll say this. I didn't like it much either, but I appreciated the girls had a really good chance. And I say girls just as a perspective um, or a perspective. Sorry. Um, the women had a really good chance to do their thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh Display of offense, display of defense, display of offense, display of defense. The guys get back and do their thing. Um, And they both had like a pretty cool move each. Was there cohesiveness? Not really. Was there continuity? It was tough. Um, Was it solid? Yeah, you can see how they both know how to wrestle. Um, Is it what we're used to? Is it what we expect? No, it wasn't. Um, But it was cool that they had the opportunity but to what we've said for you know probably a year or so now, um, we gotta feel something, man. We got we we can see great wrestling all we want, and when there's no feeling and not great wrestling, it's really tough. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Now here's the other weird bit: is you get into the Bray Wyatt stuff. So let's talk about Bray Wyatt uh, on a whole. We've had a couple weeks of promos. We've had some stuff with Alexa. I know it's a different show, um, but I just kind of want to talk about all of this, uh, um, boy howdy. Uh, Alexa, Bray, L.A. Knight, Pitch Black, Soda. As much as like I feel like certain parts come together, there's also so many stuff that's just like seems so disjointed, and I can't tell like how much of it's by design. My hunch is that this uh, Mountain Dew, Pepsi Cola, Pitch Black, Code Red match is going to be the thing that like kills this or, or gives a purpose. Um, circle back to the zombie match. I think this match is circumstantial. The, 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 um, the theme of the match is circumstantial. Cause this is who it fits best. You know what I mean? I think yes. that they weren't gearing up for a pitch black match. I think that this feud is what fits this promotion best the same way that the zombie match fit Priest and Miz at the time. Like, it's not... There was no other match that could be a Lumberjack match. Let's put Priest and Miz there. You know what I mean? Like, there's no other match that could be a pitch black match. Let's have Bray Wyatt do it. And I feel like they're forced to be in this match. I don't think they were building towards this. Do you think it's also possible they knew that that Mountain Dew, Pepsi-Cola, Code Red, Grape Splash was going to be sponsoring a match called Pitch Black, and they started earlier with Bray to do certain things to get there. 
like, hey, Bray, we got to do this match. And there's really no person we think can put together a match in the dark, except your character that's constantly in the fucking dark. <laughs> and he's all like, uh, I could do a bunch of dark shit without lights. And we could start right. there. Like, okay, <laughs> right. Start with no lights. Yeah, I, I, I mean, when you see what he's doing with Alexa and, and how that's so much bigger than the pitch black match, there is a chance that, you know, they go, hey, Bray, we want you to do a pitch black match. Who do you want? Uh, or give me LA Knight. That guy can talk and we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. So there's a chance, you know, there's a chance because, I mean, LA Knight has nothing to do with what's going to happen with Alexa and all that stuff. I can't see that being any part of what, and that why I keep messing the Alexa stuff. Cause that that's after this, right? This is yes. where brace trajectory is taking him. So, um, I loved LA Knight's commercial promo that's been circling around on Twitter. I yes. hated his promo in ring. Not this SmackDown, the one before that. It was way too cut and paste LA night. Let me talk to you. Ending with a, yeah, you know, got hit. He hit every fucking, I'm a pro wrestler note. And I'm like, dude, come on, man. Like I get it. I grew up there too. <laughs> that was my favorite time too. But also like, you know, you're, and then Bray Wyatt comes out this week and he does something very similar and goes very formulaic and basically breaks down every wall of his character to explain who he is to the masses because of this pitch black match. I was yeah. like, fuck man, that was, that was harsh. Cause if, yeah. I mean, to call himself uncle Howdy, to call himself the eater of worlds, he goes, this is every character I've ever been ever. It's basically what he said. Like, yeah. And I'm They're all of these me. things. And who are you? Like, well, now you like took a lot of mystery out. And I know we came on here and talked about, you know, who's actually going to be in the mask and who's going to be this guy and that stuff. And we theorize on it and, and we kind of take like these like these teeny guesses, but there's people out there actually trying to guess like if this is going to be a stable. Um, you know, Digi that came on here and said he thinks it's this whole Wyndham Six thing, which it's an idea, it's a theory, but there's people really out there guessing. I'm not necessarily yeah. guessing that way. I do want to go along for the ride and see what happens. And Bray's like, nah, man, you don't have to go on a ride no more. I'm everything. It's like, well, all right, well. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I'll watch the rest of SmackDown after this. I, I don't know. It was very deflating. Yeah, and I also still don't think that there's an unveiling to be had with with Boy Audi. I think that yeah, the same way that you know Isaac Yankum played Kane was never revealed to be the Isaac Yankum of old. You know what I mean? Like, I think. Oh my that, God, that's Isaac Yankum under that mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think that yes, I. I yeah absolutely it's Bo Dallas there's no doubt in my mind that's not Bo Dallas doing that stuff but there's also no doubt in my mind that it's nothing to do with Bo Dallas right it's boy howdy this is the character boy howdy and it just so happens that they didn't want to hire somebody else that's the guy they wanted to hire to do it like that's it you know what I mean like yeah. people keep talking yeah. about like it's going to be an unveiling look it's look it's going to be him look it's going to be him no, no no we know it's him but it doesn't matter that it's him. Like, right. unless you're trying to, if that's what you're trying to dig up, like, uh, like the original guys at the extreme rules, who's, who's in that? Who's in that? There was, yeah, there was part of me. It's like, yeah, it'd be kind of cool to know who dressed up as what. That'd be cool. Yeah. One looked but, like, not, yeah, yeah. Grayson Waller. The other one looked like Joe Gacy. Yeah. Yeah. But at yeah, no yeah. point was it all like, well, they're going to play those. And then that's going right. to be unveiled lately. Right. No, no, that was a body. A body that fit the costume. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was definitely Grayson Waller in the buzzard. 
Yeah. Looks just uh, like him. <laughs> and he wears I mean, those I, shirts all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's the shirt. It has to be. And then the they're going to unveil that it's him the whole time. Right. <laughs> and he's going to go back and forth. He's going to be a Waller and a Buzzard. And he's going to yeah. wrestle sometimes as a bird. Sometimes. In a cage match. <laughs> a bird cage match. He's going like, to do the Mrs. Doubtfire thing and then all, all suddenly show up on NXT wearing a Buzzard hat but no shirt and, <laughs> and his basketball shorts. It's yeah. like, wait, man. Like, he, Oh, fuck. <laughs> I guess I'm bold. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's not what's going on. So it, it is weird to me that that's like a, a section of the IWC is this hunt to figure out who's who's really boy howdy, howdy boy. And I'm like, it's fucking doesn't matter. Yeah, doesn't matter. It's Bo Dallas. That's that's it. And that's fine because it's not Bo Dallas. You know. Howdy boy, Bo leaves. <laughs> fucking stupid i don't know i'm into it i really i can't get enough bray and la Knight on tv in general but yeah there's stuff about this that's a little something and what do you think about the, the alexa stuff i don't I love it my issue i love the the new look of howdy boy we've talked about that yeah. uh and More i love that they're yes functional yeah the last thing was such a weird fucking just a walking fleshlight. <laughs> but What's this one, wrong with that? <laughs> yeah. But this you one, never like, into a fleshlight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're just not hanging out in there. Take your Sorry. time, bro. Sorry. Um, but yeah, it's it's like him just standing there with all this the production behind him every yeah. time in these other different places, like. Like I'm into the 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 sort of supernatural stuff to a degree. It doesn't bother me most of the time, but there are times like when she was uh when she fought off with uh, Bianca into the crowd, yeah. And then he happened to appear right in that one walkway with the light behind him and the fog rolling, and the camera catches him and he's doing the hand and the camera keeps moving trying to keep him there, but he's also not doing anything. Right. She doesn't like look at him. You know what I mean? Like we all see him and he's lit up by a spotlight. Yeah. And you're not looking at them. Like, there's just these little parts that, like, are a little nonsensical without context. Yeah, I I get it, too, because, I mean, she owned it, right? She called herself the face of evil. Um, yeah. And that, that was the irony for me this time, or the whatever you want to call it, the right adjective is, um, that she's fully compelled and content into what howdy has for her but even he checked her on the video camera that's right on the on the jumbotron he checked her when she said she was the face of evil and she feels comfortable or whatever it was he's like oh you feel that way you feel that way you know and they did that whole thing so i thought that was cool where okay you have ownership haha you don't right just when you think you do you don't my issue is to what i think you were alluding to there's no interaction yeah, she was she was stone faced by these masks in the crowd, right? She she saw these twice and she got stuck. Um, Bianca was stuck by Uncle Howdy. What is not drawing Alexa to Uncle Howdy? Like, remember when this shit first happened with the Fiend two years ago? And I, I fucking every step of the way, I was all in because. All of a sudden, boom, Alexa would like look up at the lights and get lost in what was happening. Yeah. And then the following week, she'd have one dread like the fiend did. And then the next week, another piece of her hair would be dreaded up a little bit. And we oh, saw yeah. the progression of the continued possession of this fiend energy to what it yeah. 
eventually blossomed into. Not having that continuity in the presence of Uncle Howdy, I do think is is a detriment to the storytelling. Yeah, and like you said, she's staring at what's apparently a fan in a mask, but then the real Uncle Howdy shows up, right? And she doesn't pay him no mind. It's just yeah, there's just little things that aren't quite connecting that I don't think are. A, I don't think that they're being neglected. I think that the detail is that way for a reason. But I can't make sense of it. You yeah. know what I mean? And so it's put me in a weird spot watching it where I'm like, I don't hate it, but I don't know what's happening. And it's not like we get much more than a minute or two a week on it. You know? Well, that's the thing. If If not now, then when? And if when, then why? Like if you're not going to do it now and you do it in three weeks from now, well, why did you wait three weeks? You know what? So maybe that's what, maybe that is part of what we were talking about earlier. Maybe that they have to get through pitch black to let the rest unfold. Pitch black is actually getting in the way of what they wanted to tell. Mm, There's a chance. There's a chance. It could be stretching it out. Uh, Let's keep it moving. Main event, Sami Zayn, uh, Kevin Owens match of the year. No doubt. Almost. And then the finish. Yeah. Finish was really great. Really bummed me out. Really bummed me out. Yeah, you can't have a win every time. Because here's, well, why, here's what made the finish good. The struggle on Sammy's face when he saw the finish. I, I know. The character work done in the moment of the fuck finish. It wasn't just like, yeah, we're a gang. We're beating him up. It was, guys, I, guys, I, I had this. Like... And then almost being dragged to celebrate and, and just the, the confliction on him where now Sammy, not only was he put in a position where he had to beat the shit out of his best friend, uh, but he was really close to putting it away. He was going to do it. And he doesn't have a lot of wins over KO. But he was fighting for the tribal chief with all he had and was doing it. And he was there and right on the cusp of it. That's when the the bloodline comes in and takes that all away and undermines everything he did. And so now Sammy's conflicted with the sacrifice of not just uh, the match, but of his friend. Like he can say all he wants. He doesn't give a shit about Kevin Owens anymore, but there's history there. And he sacrificed that history and knew he was doing it because he had to do that thing for Roman Reigns. And that was taken away. And so it was why why are we why are we doing this we could have just beat him up so i didn't have to go that far you know this is where this is where i miss pat mcafee because he would have said all of that he would have allowed me to not get lost in the fantastic wrestling match we had that's what happened. i got lost in the action like i just i'm contradicting myself right like we can watch great wrestling at any time give me a story this match was about the story but the wrestling was fucking flawless and i got so caught up in how awesome the fucking match was that I, I wanted it to be a great ending to a great wrestling match. And yeah. and that was the problem I ended up having with it. But I, I, I can't disagree with you whatsoever because that's what Sammy in the bloodline is. It's all meta. It has nothing to do with wrestling. Nice. It's It has nothing to do with in-ring. And he is one of the best. He always has been. So, yeah, I, I can definitely agree with you on that, that it being the, the mentality that Sammy was – for terminology's sake, wrestling with that made the match for sure, especially since he was on such a high of the actual performance. But dude, I was so lost, so lost in the wrestling action that I was fucking bummed. Dude, I'm sure you made the same face Sammy made. And that's what got me is that as soon as it came in, I was like, what? 
And then it cuts to Sammy, who's even more distraught than I am. I'm all right. like, fuck, they ruined the finish. And he's like, fuck, they made this meaningless. Like he just, the look that he was able to to put across his face was amazing. And the way that they're all like, come on, dude, let's celebrate, let's celebrate. And he just is doing yeah, it. Like and looking three minutes it. long. Yeah. 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 It yeah was, he let it sink in. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, that's what made it match of the year candidate was because it wasn't just a really good match. It was a really good match that had so much story and so much emotion beginning to end because we're also talking about a 20 year investment to get here. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's fair. You know, I don't know. I like them. What are you going to do? Let's see. Let's see. Let's talk raw. Is there anything else on SmackDown? Yeah. I just want to, um, revisit some things from the week before. I don't know if you, um, you got to catch, uh, the Lacey Evans promo package. Mm-mm. She did. Uh, she introduced the Cobra Clutch. As, oh yeah, yeah, which, I did see that. Um, it was one of the better promo packages. It's something that we could have gotten to without the obstacle course stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I get it because they alluded to her Marine Corps training and stuff like that. But to, I mean, that basically gets rid of the Sassy Southern Belt altogether, right? Like mm-hmm. no more women's right. This is the Cobra Clutch time. So. I thought that was pretty cool. Where did you hear that before? What? The idea of giving her the Cobra Clutch. Uh, probably on episode one. It was on episode one. I said it. I said, yeah. why isn't she Sergeant Slaughter? Give her the Cobra Clutch. Do something that's not just a sucker punch. You know, yeah. like do the whole thing. I said it like two years ago, dude. That's how long Bruce Pritchard's been listening to our show. Hey. <laughs> Put a T in your cup. Not in his name. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I'll teabag that cup. <laughs> uh, did you see Kofi versus Santos from the week before? Yeah. Okay. They, they, they work great together. Yeah. But also, what are we doing? Well, so this is this was the beginning of what's happened over the last four shows, because I had to catch up on all four on the same day. And it was the beginning of telling that Royal Rumble story. Like, they oh. talked wait until I see you in the Rumble, and then they kept – going over the top rope. Coming and up. so when a lot of these matches happened over the next four shows, it was, oh, well, they would have been eliminated in the Royal Rumble. But they, there's kind of these cheeky ways of getting there. It's not just the same yeah. gratuitous ways of getting people over the top rope. So, But Every this was kind of the year. first match that really did that. And and the shit yeah. talking kind of back and forth between yeah. uh, like LDF and Kofi, you know, it was it was pretty cool. Every year they do that for a couple weeks before the Rumble. If this was the Rumble, they'd be eliminated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not in this but match because those aren't the rules. And like they're just they're just yeah. feeding the audience and new audience and reminding people to get excited for when you see someone go over the top. But they're allowing the the wrestlers to do that too, though. You know yes. what I mean? Like they're allowing the wrestlers to kind of have that interaction with each other, not just these two guys. They do this and that. You know the old Jr. style of it. So yeah. Um, and then there was a couple other things. Uh, Ricochet versus top dollar which i was surprised for all the shit talking they've been doing it i mean it just went like that yeah um yeah and then uh the charlotte promo did you happen to catch that the week before uh oh where she was trying to baby face all hard and she said that uh for one i (laughs) i said she was pandering and dumb and she has nothing because she said if she's about anything she's about passion Mm-hmm. consistency dedication 
and not being complacent. That's why we all respect her. Those are the four things that we constantly say she does not have. Yeah. She is consistently the same character. Therefore, when she has that consistency of being the same character, she's completely complacent. Yes. The passion never shows through because she's constantly not uplifting the division. Yeah. And she's literally only dedicated to being on TV with the title. Yeah. I have no problem. She's consistent in is her sense of self and ego. Yeah. Like I, I just, I just told you how I got worked by Sammy and KO, right? They brought yeah. me in emotionally in the match. Dude, I have no problem getting worked. Charlotte is not working me. The WWE is not working me on my dislike for her. This isn't a Roman situation where she's presented as a top baby face, just so people can treat her like a heel. This is this consistent consistency presentation of Charlotte as champion without the backstory on why she has earned the championship. Yeah. One of my problems with Muhammad Ali as the greatest fighter of all time, number one, I haven't seen him, but he called himself the greatest before he was deemed the greatest. Well, now I'm already knocking you down. Let me watch. Okay. I've seen more fighters do impressive things. This is the Charlotte complex. They said she's the greatest talent, the greatest athlete, all this shit before her first championship. And then her first title run was all Ric Flair shit. And how many times has she won a championship without winning another match first? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like she just lost the, her last match before she came back. She lost the title. She came back. She won the title. Yeah. Like wrestle dude. Bianca loses in 26 seconds. Spends eight months rebuilding her character to win the title to then take it into SummerSlam the full calendar year later to prove that she can do things title and beyond. We see depth. We see growth. Becky does it all the time. Liv's doing it right now. why, Why is it that Charlotte's only place in WWE is with the title when no one comes out of that stronger or better? And the only one, the only one, Who's benefited from beating Charlotte is Carmella. Why is yeah. that? Because yeah. she cashed in money in the bank and moved on. Yeah. There wasn't a feud. It's cash in and move on. Yeah. And just brag about it. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't if you haven't Twice. seen the the matches that took Muhammad Ali to the Golden Gloves uh, at such a young age. Uh, that's a good def- defining thing. The I shook up the world against T- Sonny Liston was a lot as though uh, debuting Austin Theory would have removed the titles off of Roman Reigns in the first match. It was that shocking and that dominant of a young man showing that he was going to outbox who was the most dominant boxer at the time. Uh, his stuff with uh, Frazier uh, solidified a lot of that history as well. I'll tell you, there's a lot to Ali up until the like post-return before the return pre-return when he gets his uh, boxing license taken away because the draft Uh, when he came back, it was never the same. He lost a lot of stuff and everything was coming on. But that first run, he was the greatest for a lot of reasons. And one of the reasons he was the greatest wasn't necessarily because of the match. Watch him on the Dick Cavett show. One of the reasons he was the greatest of all time is because he never sold so many tickets to a match before. Right. He was selling out. He was Jerry Lawler, man. You know what I mean? Well, that's yeah. I, and I get that, too. And I, I've also recognized a lot of his greatness as well. Um, I also have that complex of, 
you know, being told one thing and wanting to prove you wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's a butch I thing. have a, I have a Muhammad Ali uh, tattoo on my leg, and it's uh, the only one my grandpa ever talked to me about. He didn't nice. talk to me about any of my tattoos, and I got a bunch. Not... <laughs> and he looked at it, and he just goes, why would you put a draft dodger's face on your body? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was like, context. There was a reason. <laughs> uh, but my but my grandfather was a um, very proud vet, retired in the army, uh, was drafted and never left. And he had a lot of reasons to feel pride in a lot of that. So to him, he was a turncoat. And I was like, look, I get you. I hear you. Right. You guys were in two different worlds at that time. <laughs> so in many but, different ways <laughs> yes yep um yeah i mean one of the reasons i was kind of skipping over the charlotte stuff is just because when i saw it, i was like this is fucking bogus and sucks and like i yeah i don't buy her as baby face whatsoever she comes off so pompous and delusional even when she's trying to be quote honest and vulnerable like i don't get that vibe from her i get the i'm charlotte flair uh you're welcome you know what i mean like did you see she, the did you see the walkover clothesline she did? For on who? Onto Sonia. She had a match with Sonia after the promo. Oh yeah. I mean I watched part of it and then just said fuck so, this. Like So this it's a, a basically a front facing uh cartwheel is what a yeah. walkover is. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That thing oh fuck. So awful. she does this and, and this is this is again and call me whatever the fuck you want when it comes to Charlotte. I really don't care. Take this sentence. The expectation Charlotte has for anyone to wait and sell that move she tried to do, this walkover clothesline, the patience and timing her opponent needs to have to sell that for her is something she never, ever, ever, ever gives to her opponents. No. Charlotte's defensive timing in the match is fucking horrific and one of the biggest reasons why I don't like her. How many times do we see her do this just just for an arm drag? Like she's trying to fucking double dutch just to yeah. wait for the arm drag to happen because her timing is awful. To do a walkover clothesline, so somebody has to wait for you to do a front-facing cartwheel to get into a clothesline to sell for you? Are you fucking kidding me? That has a full stop of your momentum. You're doing it yes. for no other reason than to say, look at I can do a cartwheel. Look at me. And look not at only me. that, she's so fucking tall to your point. Their opponent has her opponent has to stop so she can lower her level after she gets the full turn over forward because yes. she can't close line straight when she gets nobody's her height. So she has right. to stop, see where they are and go lower. Come on, yes. man. It is. Yeah, it it's is a full a, stop. There's no momentum. Yeah. How can you ask that of your opponents when you do not give yourself the same way? It's fucking yeah. bullshit, man. Yeah. No, the, no, arrogance. No. the arrogance. The arrogance. The only Four. thing that I want out of this Charlotte run and it's just because I'm a selfish mark. The only thing I can think of that would make it all like this is cool is if we get Liv winning the Rumble and taking that title off of Charlotte at Mania in a really big moment. And none of that has anything to do with me wanting to see a single second of Charlotte in Bell to Bell. All I want is to see the moment at the end where she's holding it up. You know what I mean? Like I don't even care if it's right. a finger poke of doom. Right. Just so Liv can have that win over Charlotte at a mania, I think would be cool. But outside of that, I don't see anything coming out of this run that's going to uh, endear me, win me over, or excite me in any way. 
No, I, I absolutely agree. And honestly, as soon as you said that, I was like, I don't trust Charlotte with that match. I don't trust that match to look good at all. I don't want to no. see that. It'll be a trash match. It's the moment. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? And we move. No, on. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. But that's all I had for the last two SmackDowns. Um, but I thought those were important to talk about, especially the Lacey Evans thing. I think we're, we're growing into that point where she might turn into something that we can uh, get behind honestly, like, you know, yes. in earnest, you know. Produce lady as well, because uh, she's been more critical of Lacey yeah. than anyone I've ever known. Uh, and even uh, I, the kid that we talked about, we said it on the show once before, someone saying it here, but there was a kid we took to a, a show um, who was like 10 or 11. Uh, and she came out and he said on the way home, he's like, why is that girl just not like a stripper? I think she'd be happier. And we're <laughs> like, Jesus, kid, how do you even know what that is? Like, what is going on? Like, plays video games, I guess. But um <laughs> But like this is this is the reverse of that. This is like the showing that she wants to see be represented. And it was really funny because her first training video, she had her hair in a, a ponytail. And previously he's like, it have to be in a bun. You know, right. ponytails. Right. Uh and then like a couple days later, an article came out that the uh, military was gonna allow women to wear their hair in a tight ponytail and not just a bun. And then she <laughs> sent it to me, she goes, Well, I'll be damned. And I was like, The power of Lacey. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll do it. Uh, let's see. Raw takes place. It opens up with the uh, Bloodline. The Usos. Uh, I, th- I think it's so fucking funny that on Raw 30, they're going to have an acknowledgement ceremony. Like, it's not a championship thing. It's not... Uh, like, it's just... Yeah. I almost want it to be just his entrance, just saying acknowledge me, confetti falls down and then he just leaves like and that's it like nothing yeah, kind of like kind of like flair's birthday party you know yes. like it's it's 30 minutes of everyone coming out and roman's on the big screen and that's it like roman doesn't yeah. even come out right he skypes in <laughs> remember when they had that interview with stone cold via skype and it was skype sponsored and it was over the thing and oh, it was like yeah, yeah. and it was yeah, also not like a great cold. connection yeah <laughs> I know it was it was right before the Thunderdome, right? It, it was wasn't before it. the Thunderdome. It yeah, was it was just a thing. Yeah, they were trying to get more people at Raw and shit or some shit like that. Yeah. Well, and they just had Skype was the sponsor. So like yeah. we'll even we'll Skype someone in under the big dome. <laughs> and then they did, and it was like not that great. Of I think it's gonna and... be a great Yeah. <laughs> These two like, competitors yeah. are <laughs> you know, Skype's watching it going like this is perfect. It's exactly like we have it. Like, this is by design. Like it couldn't have gone better. Yeah, I'm kind of bummed. Uh, Raw 30 is going to be in Philly, and I got to go out of town for work, so I'm not going to be like in the area to even attend. Um, oh, dude. Which is cool, though, because if I was in the area and could afford it and didn't go, I'd be pissed if something really dope happens. But if I then be out of town for work, like that's cool. I'll be all right with that. Yeah, but something dope's going to happen. Yeah, but that's fine. I, I, It's not like I could have made it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I, I would have been forced to give up the tickets and not be able to go. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. Like, there's no getting out of what I have to do on Monday. So, yeah. Uh, but that's no, Raw 30 is going to be awesome. Uh, yeah, man. Well, I was about to say something, but we'll get there. So, uh, yeah, Street Champ, Usos, Mustafa Ali comes flying out. Let's see. Wasn't there the Ray of Solos? The Ray of Solos stare down. Yeah. Yeah. That's so fucking ridiculous, dude. Dude, first off, because it's been a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. 
You see what they're doing with Dom. It's amazing. It's what I said. Yeah. Yeah. You were so right. You were so wrong. You got so worked, dude. You were so mad at Dom. You said you cannot say that shit when you go through. No, no, no. You I turned that into his entire character. I'm not I'm not disagreeing. No, I get it. I absolutely get it. <laughs> what I said was that it it bothered me because in real life I know how this works. Like it's yeah. that's why I bothered. It's like, oh I'm like fuck. I'm not I'm not mad at the character at all. Dom is fucking incredible. We've been saying that for months, how incredible Dom is. And I love the fact that this is where they're taking it. I cringed in the beginning because like you just can't do that. Like you literally yeah. just can't do that. But when he went on Ms. TV the um the week after we talked, I was like, man, this is fucking amazing. He calls him out for wearing a fucking five hundred dollar off white shirt. He fucking calls him out for spending a couple hours <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's like so yes. good. I like <laughs> my celly and I told yeah. him you want to punch me in the face. <laughs> just it's fucking he didn't have a celly. Shut the fuck yeah. up. It's yeah. amazing. It's out it's fucking outstanding. Because I'll tell you this. The reason why it's outstanding, he's not breaking character. He's not he's doing not. it to be funny. He truly, truly believes the words coming out of his mouth. And he's fucking nailing it. So bravo, so Don. Bravo. Dude, my favorite part is watching all of <laughs> Judgment Day around him. Just fucking try to keep it together. Because you can see them do things to try to like let off a little steam here and there because they are, especially like Finn, he cannot fucking believe how fucking funny this is. Oh, yeah. And he, well, that's, you know? that's when you notice because that's when Finn chimes in and he goes, Don't worry, Dom. We got your back. And it's like, You guys, you guys are feeding into this. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and at first, at first, it makes them look like fools because they know this is a lie, mm-hmm. but they're feeding into it. You know what I mean? It's like, Well, no, this is the bravado that we need. Like, they're allowing Dom. To grow into his own. That's why they're supporting him. You know what I mean? So fucking good, dude. It's so <laughs> and every good. time, every time Priest talks, I'm like, but he's the motherfucker that would have went to jail. Like, that's the guy who knows the truth. He's the one that would be telling Dom, dude, Dom, don't, Dom, stop. But no, they're allowing Dom to do this because Dom needs this. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> tell him, tell him about the time. Tell him about the time. It's like Jesus yeah. Christ. Oh. It's, he said, "I was when I was pumping iron in the yard." It's like, wait a second, <laughs> did you put weights in your backyard? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like you weren't even there long enough to have a yard to play. Yeah, you like, to... <laughs> you wouldn't have had a yard time. It wouldn't happen. You wouldn't. You're, there's no yard on intake. Uh, Blue Boyd says, uh, "Producer lady dying at the Usos saying Vatos." Yeah, the when the Usos cut their promo back on her on them, and they started just ripping and going to the whole spanish thing and everything oh yeah we were just dying they killed Dude, they dom's in there being like you guys wouldn't last a second <laughs> the usos oh, are perfect man. the usos are fucking perfect how do they yeah. this okay this is the this is why the usos are the greatest tag team of all time number one they're the best wrestlers in tag team history like as yeah. in wrestling but the way that they shit on Dom, but also allowed his character to maintain credibility yeah. by mocking it, but also not calling him fake, not calling him, you know, a fuck boy or anything like that. It basically was like, oh, this is who you are. We're going to mock you because you're going to go all Conan and shit now. Like, it's fucking amazing. Yeah. No, there's like, like you said, he needs this. Yeah. Like if Dom doesn't have this, Dom's not going to fight. You know what I mean? Like, it's amazing. Uh, 
Grim Reaper comes in. Hi. Hi. I wonder if he'll be here for the double header, man. It's got confirmation on the time we're doing the next one. It's going to be a long day. So nice. Uh, but yeah, dude, everything you're doing with Dom is perfect. And it's exactly like I said, as soon as you said, like you were so mad at it. And I was like, that's why I loved it. Cause as soon as he said it, yeah. I was just smiling. Like you yeah. fucking stupid son of a yeah. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and it's played into so well. Um, Grimmer says, Paul Heyman has made everyone in the bloodline better with their promos and mannerisms in the ring, uh, especially the Usos. Really? I feel like the Usos. No. Well, the Usos are- I know. I was about to say, I feel like the Usos are the most untouched uh, as far as their promo work now versus before, as far as differences. They're the closest to the, that they've always been. But I will say that some of their real serious moments are better than they've ever been. Like the like which he- one are you? And yeah. 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 And that could be Paul helping them dig into a little bit of like, hey, you're not just badasses, you're not just tough guys, you're not just cool guys, but you're yeah. also you're also you get it right here sometimes. You know what I mean? No, well, definitely. And and honestly, we, you, we can say the same thing about Roman too, right? Everyone in the bloodline has always had the tools. The refinement on everyone has been, I mean, they're damn near untouchable. We're, we're what six hundred days later, or seven hundred mm-hmm. days later, and no one like I mean, a lot of people care, but like the it's not stale that's the thing like mm-hmm. everyone's character is like at a hundred in the video game right now there's yeah. nothing you can do so they've also been able to raise the people around them and then someone like solo is flourishing and i know how much respect we all have for sammy but sammy has never been more important than he is now and yeah. and shown the growth and and depth of who he is on full display and why is he credible sammy who honestly all due respect, never seen him as a title contender before with the option of winning, maybe like rising through the ranks, get his shot. Oh man, just came short. I see title for, you know, 200 days. Sure. But now him in a world title feud. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I mean, I can see how Paul Heyman will get a lot of credit for that. The refinement. Yeah. It's just amazing, dude. Uh, they also there was the stare down solo and Rhea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's so weird about that is I'm like, what do we all want to happen here? Because like it's a cool shot and Rhea's smiling because she's like, yeah. you won't do it. But there's also there's a part where it's like, I don't know. I don't know what you want to happen here. You know what I mean? Like, what are we teasing? Where are we going? And like. Is it just a cool thing they did one time to make everyone look crazy? Well, that's the thing. And and shouts to Justin because he says this all every week. Every week this happens on Raw, no matter who it is. Um, he just goes, you know what? Somebody just needs to hit her. Like, it's not about condoning violence against women. It's to your point. What are you expecting? Rhea can't just mm-hmm. keep being a dick in everybody's face. Keep going. Ha, ha, ha. No, somebody needs to just hit her. You know, kind of like when and it, I thought Solo was going to do it because Remember when Nia went into the Royal Rumble? Dolph was mm-hmm. like, fuck it. I'm a super kicker. Yeah. And the crowd went fucking nuts. When Solo yeah, took us. a step back, I go, oh, my God, he's going to super kicker. This is going to be awesome. You know? So there's a chance that this happens. And when it does, we're here for it because even the Tozawa match she had was fucking awesome. It was so much fun. It was done really well. But it was still done with the but I'm not going to hit you aspect. And I, yeah. I get it. And I'm, I am that way. You know, 
this short story. I, I've seen violence happen against women at a very young age. Um, I'm not for it. But I also am a member of the wrestling community and can understand how they can I can give my trust to WWE to tell this story properly. And mm. I know, I know just by watching Rhea on TV and off TV, how well she can take care of herself. Yeah. So I'm here for it. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, yeah. honestly, technique for technique, Rhea versus Solo. Awesome fucking match. <laughs> be an awesome fucking match. I thought he was going to do the spike because the spike is not just fucking hitting her. You know what I mean? The spike is right. like you jab someone with your thumb in the right spot and they went down. Like it was kind of, it's sort of like a Charlie horse. Right. You know I mean, is someone as mad as somebody giving their little sister a Charlie horse versus punching her little sister in the eye? You know what I mean? Dude, like, could you imagine? <laughs> it's just a neck her. Charlie horse. <laughs> she sp- he spikes her in the shoulder, right? Yeah. He, she does one of these next week. Full on Cody Bruce, just fucking, Cody. <laughs> just Cody Bruce, full on Cody Bruce the whole way from the Samoan spike, playing it up like Dominic. She's got yeah. a sling and everything. Sling, cast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. There was one other thing about that segment, and I don't remember what it was. I was going to say, but I'm just going to move on, I suppose. Uh, dude, Mustafa Ali on Raw. Yeah. The last couple times I've seen him, his character's real whiny, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's the whole thing. He just whines a lot, complains until he gets something, and then fails at that thing. Yeah, because it's not standpoint. coming off with conviction. It's coming off with um, with that annoyance. Yeah. Yeah. It's a what about me and not I deserve this. It's, it's not I earned this. It's that... I'm entitled to this or you should just give it to me or you know what I mean? Like right. just the tone of it all. It was just weird. Uh, Blue Boyd calls him a jobber. So funny. Yeah. And he comes out and then, and then like, so he'll get the thing. He'll pester someone enough, get the thing and then lose. And you go, yeah. So that's why you don't get the next one. How come you got this? And I didn't because you lost the last couple three matches you've had. Right. You right. know, Hey, let me, I'll prove something. I don't think you will. I don't think you will. I think you're going to prove nothing based off what your track record is. You know, from a character standpoint. So it's just weird. I don't know what we're going to do with that. Yeah, and the the Raw the week before where him and Dolph had yeah. that segment in the back where he's, you know, oh, we, we could have been in a tag tournament together, but you wanted to be against Solo. Yeah. And, that, yeah, can pretty much complaining about the same thing the following week, yeah. Yeah. Just whiny. Yeah. Um, I didn't really watch Street Profits versus Cedric and Shelton. Would you? Was it? Was there a lot going on with that? Do we think we're getting her business? Like, what's the point of this? Well, that's the thing. I said it, it was typical, but I'm here for the Hurt Business. Um, they've been teasing it all throughout Raw. Um, I love the idea of it. I am, though, I'm curious about the timing because mm-hmm. Lashley's babyface tendencies are really like starting to grab the crowd. So mm-hmm. can we have a Hurt Business that is babyface? Can we have a Hurt Business where... It's not about laying down the law. It's about executing our skills to get what we deserve. Yes. Um, and MVP can definitely tell that story. He just, MVP hasn't been a baby face in a very long time. So it would just be I think be Shelton that. could tell that story too. Because that was yeah. the whole thing with the yeah. angle, team angle or whatever. Yeah. It was just yeah. people trying to be exceptional. 
Well, and, and Cedric too, right? Cedric and his whole his whole run in two hundred five live was about being the the standard bearer for wrestling itself. Yeah, for sure. You know, so they definitely have that ability. Um, it's the MVP part. Not that I'm worried about. It's just that I haven't seen. Mm. He's a fantastic babyface in interviews. I mean, off screen, he's a fucking phenomenal human being. So, yeah. I, I'm I I don't doubt they have the ability. I just haven't seen it. So, a babyface hurt business, I think, would be awesome, especially if they know that they're stronger together than separate, uh, for sure. Did you see the MVB tweet of the kid sitting next to him on the airplane? No, no, I didn't. It was like a selfie of MVP with this kid behind him, or it was just the kid with a sneaky little shot. And uh, it said something like, uh, on this flight back, this this person was telling me about how I should stay out of prison and I wouldn't fare well there. And I look like the kind of person who wouldn't be able to handle it and uh, was trying to teach him to, to stay right to stay right, and uh, uh, encourage him to, to not get in any trouble because you, you don't want to see what he's seen. And he takes a picture and it's like this young, fluffy white boy, like chubby cheeked and everything. And for a second, we're like, is he sitting next to Dom? Like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a real life Dom. It was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, MVP um, and Elias. Oh, Go ahead. Uh, before that match though, um, was another fucking Cody promo. Yeah, dude. So good. It's going to be so good. He's going to come back and he's going to like start over. It's going to be perfect. We're going to do it right this time. Start over, man. Just start from the beginning. Let's do it. Yeah. Dude, did you hear Love Nick Khan with uh, on with Ben Simmons? Because I ben... saw that it happened and I heard a couple quotes, but I haven't seen the yeah. heard. Well, I heard I only heard the, the five minute clip that circulated Twitter. Um but in that is you know, Bill Simmons being a complete mark like he always is. So, you know, is 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 Cody gonna take one of the titles off of Roman? Uh, you know, and Nick Khan goes, Well, it definitely seemed like it was heading that way. And I was just like, Ugh, this is just what we're fucking doing. Look, Cody had three matches and the crowd was behind him, but I swear to fuck on everything, the crowd was behind Liv Morgan too. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not gonna end well. <laughs> Cause it's gonna be perfect. I, okay. Dude, you know what? I, I will succumb to your sarcasm, him. my friends. <laughs> the young bucks are gonna come and help him to win the match. They're gonna take out the Usos. It's uh it's weird, man. It's weird how much everybody wants this, but nobody wants Cody. Like <laughs> he was in, they don't want Cody. When he was in AEW, there was a consistent thing about him being the worst part of AEW. Yeah. And then when he came to WWE, it's like, oh my God, he's coming to WWE. But like the guy who came to WWE is literally one match removed from being the guy you didn't want in AEW. So why is the fanfare so much higher? It's and and to be honest. No offense to Seth Rollins, but that WrestleMania match was very close to every single match I saw him do in AEW without razor blades and fire. So yeah, it's it's the same fucking guy. Like don't don't tell do me you really he's not ready. know the difference. Well, that's, that they don't don't tell me he's ready for Roman when he was the worst part of AEW. The worst part of AEW is not ready for Roman because the best part of AEW isn't ready for Gunther. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, that's what made him not work in AEW was that he didn't belong in AEW. He was on a different level than everyone in AEW. It wasn't what they wanted AEW to be. People wanted that schlubby, shitty product to be schlubbier and shittier, and he was super refined. He was putting on the best wrestling matches on the card, and people didn't want it. They they wanted flips. I mean, like, the backlash against him was he didn't fit. It was literally, like, the reason people were excited was, like, yes, 
pluck that motherfucker out of there. He's ruining our backyard show and put him, put that shiny golden boy back with all the other shiny golden toys. Like I don't he just disagree fits there better, but his cut and paste WWE, the way that they cut and paste AEW, he has the same timing and succinctness as AEW with a WWE style. So yeah. his, his move set still doesn't mesh with WWE because his timing isn't fluidity. His timing is YouTube clips. So yeah. these matches that he had with Seth Rollins are YouTube clip matches. They're not stories that you can't clip. Yeah, but check so out all the that clips needs they to made. change. Well, they made a shitload of clips. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, week after week of clips. Well, because they're smarter than me. They're smarter than me <laughs> because they know how WWE knows how to make clips. Okay, yeah. but they can make clips of that because Cody allows clips to happen. Yeah. Because that's how his matches are set up. They're just with yeah. WWE style moves. Oh yeah, it's great. Dude, he's gonna be the champion. He'll probably beat The Rock. That's fine. Might as well. If you're gonna do one, you might as well do them all. <laughs> Get him. Get them all. He'll beat Paul Heyman too. He'll do it. Uh, I think it should be Cody versus the Bloodline, and then Cody just wins. Yeah. Elimination Chamber. Match. Cody starts first. Yeah. They're in the pods. Usos come out as one. Sammy comes out as one. Fucking uh, uh, Solo comes out as one. Roman comes out as one at the end, and he just beats them all. And Paul Heyman comes out as one. Paul Heyman, he starts with. He starts with Paul Heyman. Uh, almost an Elias. It was cool to see Almost back. I like his new look. The gear uh, looked cool. Uh, his moveset was a bit different, too. His moveset yeah. seemed to It felt different. Yeah. 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 Um, not a lot to say about the whole thing. I didn't hate the match. I thought it was fine. Uh, I just, you know, the tough part is when you start to really like all the, the performers, it's tough to see them in certain positions and to see and be excited for Elias to come back and know what he's capable of and still see him kind of floating in this way is a bummer. Cause you go like, yeah, I want to be excited for almost, but I more feel bad yeah. for Elias. Yeah. You know, like. Why didn't you give him Mustafa Ali or something? You know, like give him some jobber who comes out and whines, you know, like in my mind. But like at the same time, Elias is good, dude. He's super good. So I'm hoping we get something with him down the line. Yeah, I've always been a fan. Uh, so we get the promo of the year. Yes. Becky and Bailey face to face. I actually fucking loved it. I actually thought it was a great promo. I loved the way that even uh, they started putting four horsewomen into the lore because they've yep. never quite said it outright. You know what I mean? Three of the four horsewomen came up and you left me behind. Like to just verbalize the idea that Bailey's the reason she's formed a group and has a chip on her shoulder is because she was left behind. And even when she came up, she was never quite side by side. She never teamed with any of them. She never quite fit in the same way she was always shown different even with the with the sasha bailey uh tag teams up until the golden role models like remember bailey turned on sasha because there was the constant sasha feeling better than bailey yeah 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 and it was that snap and you ain't shit (laughs) (laughs) but you know i i know you're uh, fuck it um I thought Bailey has struggled the last couple of weeks really nailing down her side of the promos. Um, But because she has the passion in her to be a part of the story, I know she's committed to getting better. When 
when she said that you left me behind promo or a part of the promo and because of the, the horse women, Charlotte would have said, because you're not good. You weren't good enough to be up here with us. Yeah. And Becky said, because they needed you to stay behind to basically groom the rest of the division for the future. Yeah. That's what, and to be like, a champion. Yeah. Promo one Oh one Paul Heyman style is I will never say that you suck because if you suck and I beat you, what does that make me? Yeah. Becky said, Bailey, you stayed back to be champion to, to groom the next generation of who we need. That's why yeah. you didn't come up. I had to earn myself to be champion. I didn't stay yeah. back to be champion and then showed why Becky even said I wasn't good enough to be up in front of you. It's basically what she said, that yeah. I wasn't good enough. And I had to show you. I had to show the world that I was good enough to be up here. I had to prove myself that I was good enough to be champion. Yeah. This is fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Becky's the best. She is the goat on top of the mountain for sure. Yeah. And this is like my dream scenario, this whole yeah. thing. Here's in the chat says this isn't the normal show on this day. That's correct. This is yesterday's show today. But the normal show today will still happen today. It's going to happen in about an hour and 45 minutes. So you can always come back. Yeah, bear with us for a little bit longer, Carl. You know, yeah. no worries. It'll be a short no intermission. Worries. I'll be out of here in just a little bit. It'll <laughs> be a short intermission. There'll be nachos, drinks at the counter, pretzels, complimentary. Uh, but yeah, this is like a dream scenario for me. The Bailey and Becky's back and forth. Like, yeah. I just want to tweet at them and be like, uh, just in case you guys didn't know, I'm pretending you've all dedicated every single one of these segments <laughs> to me specifically. <laughs> uh, it, it'll be cool. It'll be cool if we get like a three match run and we get to see them rumble fast lane and yeah. mania. That, that would be just the best. That'd be great. I am only think it's weird to do a cage match on next monday yeah you got raw 30 and i get it it's philadelphia you want to do some extreme matches so you got the old solid steel cage match but i don't i I've, like it's almost like a letdown to not give it to me on a bigger platform you know what i mean like for me i've been yeah. anticipating it for fucking years and then to get to it and be all like it's on a raw <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you might cut to commercial. Like, I don't want a cut to commercial. Uh, let me see here. Let me hit up a couple things in the chat. Stuff's happening. Uh, as a side note to derail the show, because you can always derail our show right here in uh, episode one of the Die Bar of the IWC. It says, do you want Deanna Prazo in the Rumble? I, I think yeah. a lot of people would like that. Yeah. Is what I'll say. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing her when I, when I, real quick, because I, I know yeah. you're taking her. Um, yeah, which is fine. But when, when I first got back into wrestling, I saw Deanna Perrazzo in NXT. I saw Rachel Ellering in NXT, and they were quickly gone. And I go, you know what? They, they kind of have something. And then when I saw them outside of WWE afterwards, it never changed. Had they stayed six years ago, seven years ago, and continued to groom? I can see how great they could be because they have it. Yeah. You know, they, they do have the technical of how to do it, but there is something missing. So would I be blown away? No. Would I like to see Deanna Perrazzo in WWE? Yeah, I think she has something for sure. For sure. Yeah. I think she has something that, that WWE can use for sure. 
I think so. And I think that for the rumors, whatever, innuendo, whatever, whatever is out there, uh, I think that the overall consensus, the only reason she didn't quite work out was that uh, she was difficult to coach. She didn't take yeah. the coaching very well. Yeah. And I think if she were to be uh, slightly more humble and uh, coachable, then I think she could be a huge part of that division. Absolutely. Like you said, there's a whole bunch there. Um, Kiro said a bunch of stuff about uh, Jay Briscoe, people spoiling the Celebration of Life show. Uh, I also heard that um, they wanted to have like an actual like tribute video and not just like the little thing up there. And that uh, Warner Brothers uh, shut him down said they wouldn't allow uh, a thing. So, Well, I'm glad you said that because I saw that too, and that was supposedly per Dave Meltzer. And when Dave Meltzer had tweeted about Jay Briscoe, his initial tweet of the loss of life included the wrong location. He put it in Laurel, Maryland, not Laurel, Delaware. And it's been my most touched upon tweet in the IWC with more likes than negative comments. Cause everyone who commented said something negative, but there's way more likes on it. And I basically just said to Dave, this is why you're a detriment to the IWC because in even the most serious moments, you don't take the time to get all your facts. Correct. Yeah. Yes. It's small. The States are next to each other. Delaware is right next to Maryland, but it's also not true what you are saying. Yes. And it's been it's been the consistency of this gentleman for years to not put out the entire truth. And he stands behind his incredible statue of 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 misinformation by saying that this changed or that wasn't the original plan or what have you. Bottom line is he doesn't do the work to present all the information. Yeah. Whenever I said something, because there's a, a group chat that I'm in uh, on Twitter, it's just you know retweet our podcast group. Um, I'm from the Del. I'm in Delaware. the The accident was 35, 45 minutes from me. I waited for the Delaware State Police to issue their report before I said anything about it because they they're the ones that know. Like, yes, the family knows, but like publicly, they're the ones that know. Mm-hmm. And if the state police hasn't finished their investigation, then nobody knows shit, man. Like, unfortunately, some asshole put out there that word is that his wife was involved in the had passed away as well. She wasn't even in the car. Yeah. What are you guys doing? Put out the right information. And Dave is the he is the beginning of all of it. That's why I'm saying this. And that's why I said it then. There's people coming at me. It's the wrong time. Uh, Mind your business. You got a fucked up podcast, whatever they wanted to say about me. I didn't look at any of it for the sake of. I, if somebody said something positive, I was willing to say something. Once I saw like two or three things were just negative comments, so fuck it. But I, I had to say something to Dave, and I doubt he saw it because whatever. But like, this is the time where you wait five fucking seconds and you get your facts right. Yeah, you're more in, inclined to be the first one to say a thing than to be the first one to be right or to be accurate in something that's that serious. I'd rather a dozen people tweet out before me that something happened then to be i mean there's you ever watched that show newsroom a while ago yeah there's a whole episode about that about how there was a bunch of stuff breaking about this crazy uh traumatic event and a bunch of people were starting to report stuff and the head of the 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 news thing was saying we need to get on air with this stuff 
and uh, the the head of it was saying, "I can't, I can't confirm it." And it was this whole episode about how important it is to get the facts straight before you just go reporting. And it was about how so many things got escalated. People end up getting attacked in this thing because you know it's it's TV. You got to yeah, escalate yeah, things yeah. a little bit, right? Um, and then at the end of the day, those reports were wrong, and they were the first news agency to report on it and be correct. And that's what made them the kind of news agency you could get behind and trust because it wasn't about being the first. It's not about being the loudest. It's about being the most correct. And that's how you build longevity, except Dave's done the opposite. He's just been the loudest and the most double talky to be able to convince people that he's right enough, you know? Yeah. A a thousand percent, a thousand percent. And that's again, why, why it's so important to, Uh, yeah. Kiro says Bishop yeah, had the I, same take on the initial report basically as I did about Celebration of Life show. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's it's just it's all sad. It's all sad, and it's it's terrible that you know people don't care enough. They like you said they they want to be there. They don't care about being right. Yeah, absolutely. They just want to be the one that you go to, and they don't care if you're right, and you don't care if they're right either. And that's what's sick. That's the sick part is the amount of people who are wrong all the time and still get people going like, yeah, but they're right most of the time. No, no. I want someone who's just right all the time, who just doesn't make up shit and doesn't get out too early and just does it right. Just be right all the time. There's nothing you you either have good sources or you don't. You either do your due diligence or you don't. That's it. You know, he blocked me. Meltzer, Meltzer blocked me. Yeah, 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 because you called him on it. He does that with everybody. Anytime anyone's was- ever contested him, he blocks because I, I just went back to look at it and it only has three likes now. Yeah. But my my mentions area had like I don't know, sixty something likes. Yeah. Um, you know, and I only had like four responses. But now there's no responses because after the block it doesn't it's like it doesn't exist. Yeah. Well, because so people were of, getting it because it went through his timeline. Yeah, exactly. So instead of acknowledging that you are a detriment to the business by not getting your facts correct. You just or block apologizing. people for, right, right, yeah. Apologize. Say you're sorry. Yeah. Be like, you know Say what? I should I should have taken an extra minute on that one. I'll be better. I'll do better. But nope. He just goes, "Oh fuck that guy." Because that's well, how a good journalist is. That's what a good journalist would do. Here's Kuro for not having terrible takes. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um. Let me see. So yeah, we got Bailey Becky. I'm excited about it. Couldn't be more excited about it. I'm going to be thrilled to see it, but I wish it was a mania or some shit. Um, but it makes me think we might be building something even bigger if they're going to willing to do this on Monday. Uh, Judgment Day and Alpha Academy. I only kind of watched this. Did, was it, I mean, they're good. They're all good, but I can't it's imagine the Alpha baby- Academy would win, right? No, they didn't, uh, but it's the babyface turn for Alpha Academy. It's the second week in a row that their, um, Otis did the Caterpillar. Caterpillar. Okay. So, you know, we're, we're gearing towards that. And honestly, um, uh, Gable's still getting his shoes in and the thank you, yeah. but he's doing it charmingly, not as much of the dick. So, so good. yeah. And, and being able to, and that's to your point of so good, being able to maintain character and essence. So not having to change completely to go babyface is awesome. Yeah. Uh, Eo Sky versus Mia Yim I thought was really weird because it seemed like their focus was on Candice LeRae. 
Yeah. And I wasn't a big fan of that. Because yeah. uh, even I'm... afterwards, Candace has to be the one to raise the hand and shit. Like, Yep. Candace had her music play before Mia even made it to the ring. Um, I think we saw more of Candace's intro than we saw of Mia's. Is I just didn't like the idea that they're bringing out Mia to be second fiddle to Candace during a time where we're still trying to figure out who Mia is, what she's doing. You know, we're still Especially trying to find since out. pulled her away from the OC. Yeah, which I don't think she'll be permanently away from them. I think it has to do with the injury for AJ. I don't disagree. Um, but uh, at the same time, they're just trying to give her something to do. So I don't mind her having matches and, you know, have random matches with random people. That's cool. I don't care. Like the EO match, cool. But the, the Bailey match on from the before. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but the focus on Candace not a fan. Yeah, no, and and that's to your point because even when Candace was out there, commentary wasn't explaining their illustrious friendship. They were doing the match. Plus, um, you know, I th- it might have been the Bailey match where they go, well, uh, and you'll see why. You know, um, the O, you'll see in Me Chin what the OC saw in her. Mm-hmm. You know, not why her and Candace are friends. You know, yeah. So it's definitely odd. Yeah. So, uh, the Alexa Bliss Bianca thing we talked about. Bronson Reed versus Akira Tozawa. It was just cool to see Bronson doing this Bronson stuff, you know, getting that out. And then them yeah. them creating a distance between Bronson and Miz already. Yeah. You know what I mean? Them was, saying, was like, a great way to do it with that promo uh, the week before. Yeah. Yeah. We're just like, I don't like you. I don't know you. But if you pay me, I'll beat someone up. You right. Know, hired Hitman. Right. All right. And again, he doesn't feel gratuitous. He doesn't feel like. They're trying to Braun Strowman this with three jobbers, you know, give them the Akira Tozawa match. It was a fun match because uh, yeah. that was great. Um, and you got to see a lot of Bronson Reed. So and what he's capable of. Yeah, I'm cool with it. And he translates too. he's another one who's he's a big dude, but he's not a, like, a you know, he's not a you know super heavyweight, but he's a big yeah. dude. Uh, but he looks good on the main roster. So that's good. Yeah. He looks great there, and the tsunami looks so fucking good every time. Yeah. I flinch, yeah. dude. I cringe. Like, <laughs> fuck. He's a beast. Yeah. Absolute beast. Yeah. Uh, and then there was the main event, the elimination match with a whole bunch of people, Seth Rollins, Bobby, Baron, Finn, Miz, Dolph, with Austin Theory on commentary, all leading up to Bobby Lashley getting the win, so he's going to go for the United States title against Austin Theory, I believe, on Raw. Raw 30. I mean, I just thought it was a good match. I don't know what to say about it. Like, yeah, it was laid out well. Like, no, not really. I mean, it was laid out well. The the way the eliminations happened within the match, they all made sense. So, yeah, you know, it's not like there was something fucked up. But that's the thing. Like, we (laughs) we get lost in so many things that when we get something executed really well, you just go, well, fucking right. We ended on a good note. Let's go. You know, yeah, yeah. (laughs) there's only one thing that stood out. And it was Austin Theory on commentary. He said, look at all these guys. I feel like I grew up watching them. <laughs> and Baron Corbin was the only one he didn't grow up watching. <laughs> so That's crazy. <laughs> Seth Rollins, Lashley, Balor, Miz, Dolph. Yeah, dude, they're all fucking 15 <laughs> years in. 20 years. Like, so Did you see the... crazy. <laughs> The tweet that came out said, uh, Miz and Dolph have wrestled each other at least once every year from 2009 to this year, to 2023. So at least once a year for the last 15 years. How awesome is that? They better be comfortable with each other in there. I mean, you know that, was mean? The, that, that was the story that really sold me on The Miz, was the two of them going after each other. It was know? a story that sold me on Dolph. That's fair, too. 
Really? Like the yeah. the the icy title thing with the uh, yeah. if I can't get the title, I'm gonna retire. Yeah, dude, I was behind Dolph. I was into him. I was like, fuck yeah, like I was. Yeah, that was one that 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 I bought in. Yeah. Well, that's that's to the same feud made me realize that Miz wasn't just there because he wanted to be a wrestler. It was Miz is a wrestler. Yeah. You know, he was no yeah. longer the real world guy to me. He was like, no, I this this is who Mike Mazanin is. He isn't the real world guy that became a wrestler. He was a wrestler who hadn't made it yet. But yeah. he's a fucking wrestler. That's what that feud meant to me for sure. Yeah. He's a legit wrestling. <laughs> 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 like he dreamed of his whole life globally <laughs> yeah this was just one where you watch it and you go look these, wow. these types of matches are really difficult when you have um six guys in elimination chamber match and this is the kind of one you could have shown to somebody and and said look at this is how you can actually map it out and make it not look like a weird clusterfuck kind of match you know yeah man so yeah i don't have a ton to say about it it was just executed great and if you didn't watch it and you you, you want to see what a well executed six man match looks like that's the one. It's the one to do. So yeah. yeah, yeah. It was funny. Um, who was it? Um, I feel like, I think it might have been Finn Balor. Um, they were talking about the next match. He's like, oh, what the six pack challenge? I thought he was going to lift his shirt up and go, you know, challenge one. You know, like, yeah. Because the, the way he was it. talking about, because he kept saying six pack challenge. I'm like, is this motherfucker just go lift his shirt up and say, you know, I got eight packs? You know, yeah. But no, nah, other than yeah. that. Uh, anything else on Raw that you thought we missed over the past couple weeks? Um, you know, unfortunately, um, as I was rewatching uh, the last Raw that happened is when the news broke about Jay. So I didn't uh, continue taking notes. Okay. So we pretty much hit on everything. Um, you know, and it, no, it's not unfortunate that he disrupted my notes. It's just the timing of it, you know, kind of yeah. took me away from, you know, fully dedicating myself. But, um, but no, I think we nailed it. I think... Um, you know, to be honest, the the way that they threaded every show with that whole, you know, over the top rope, he'd be eliminated by now or she'd be eliminated yeah. by now. I think they've done a good job explaining what feuds we may see when it comes to the Rumble. You know, like, yes, Top Dollar and Ricochet were in a winner gets into the Rumble. But do I think Top Dollar is going to be in there and fuck with Rich- Ricochet? I do. I do. Because it's pro wrestling. Yeah, it's going to be good. I hope that they do, uh, like, Top Dollar tries to, like, dive at Ricochet or something, and Ricochet gets him over. Yeah. <laughs> Does, like, some crazy big power move, gets underneath him and scoops him up and over. Right. You know, that'd be so sick. Because Ricochet's strong, dude. He's small, but he's a little beast. And he's put on a lot of weight. Yeah. He's a lot bigger than he was just a couple years ago. So, um, But, yeah, I think that's it. I think that that's a... Uh, I think we've got to mop these floors and get ready for the next dive bar. Uh, good call on uh, Blue Boy. Congrats on uh, to him and Samantha. They got engaged. Samantha Irvine yes. and Rick O'Shea. Um, yes. In as the witness. presence of Carrot Top. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Top. I saw I saw your tweet and I was like, "Fuck!" I noticed the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I kept looking at. It. I was all like, "God damn, dude, you did it in front of Carrot Top like that? Like it's fucking Carrot Top." Like, dude, he has to officiate the wedding. How awesome would yeah. that be? Get him involved. Get him involved. He was the only one there, you know, when when he proposed. Carrot Top well, was a witness. Then. And he's, he's like, be a witness. yeah, <laughs> he's like pointing with a weird Do face. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's a prop I can get behind. 
So good. But yeah, congrats to them. Uh, probably going to run through a bunch of birthdays in a little bit. We're going to talk CWF United Wrestling here live in Tempe. We went to it. Uh, I'm going to regale you with stories about Quackle, Eddie Kingston, Ortiz. Uh, it was good, dude. They did a whole on Rumble. Uh, There's a guy there named uh, Fatboy. Going to talk about it. Going to talk about it. And we're going to talk, unfortunately, a little bit about AEW and NXT as well. Um, Speaking of Ortiz, mm-hmm. are they like done with AEW? And can they come to him and Santana? Or, like, are they on the, the fucking we don't get along shit? Or are they going to come to WWE and face those? Oh, they uh, they don't get along. Payment. It has nothing to do with them with AEW. Uh, they, don't, they don't get along anymore. Santana okay. Ortiz is split up. Conan's talked about it on his own podcast. Oh, really? He thinks it's a real shame that they just they had a big falling out. So, is what it is, right. man. We ain't well, gonna do. So that sucks. You know, they probably should have went to WWE instead of AEW. You know, I wonder. I wonder if that would have done it or not. Like, it's because you think about that stuff and the timing of it all. And like, yeah, when you, I heard that too, I was kind of like, huh. I wonder if. Uh, I wonder if that would have happened anyways. I mean, because that stuff's true too sometimes. But no, I didn't absolutely. That. It's just my my personal opinion. Again, this is my AEW WWE beef. The infrastructure itself lends for a positive work environment, potentially. Mm-hmm. You know, without having like I, I used to say this at different jobs where I was a manager. Like people love being told what to do. Mm-hmm. Like we we as a species need someone to let us know what to do because if not we'll get lost like yes okay you want all the creative freedom in the world you don't want to be tied down to a job okay guess what what are you gonna do now and then after fucking five hours of playing video games and not taking a shower you're gonna smell like shit (laughs) and you're gonna go well i guess i need something to do now and then you'll get on a schedule and then you'll get lost because no one else is telling you what to do we crave structure and the fact that AEW doesn't have the WWE structure but wants to present the big scale, so many things get lost in the weeds. So I agree with you. There is a chance because people are people and people are messed up. Anything could have happened between the two of them. But had they had a structured creative direction where maybe they would have been presented on a way where they had this mutual appreciation for each other's efforts and taking care of each other and going towards the next level of whatever – creative freedom they could have had within the system you never know yeah yeah i wonder well we'll be back in uh just a short intermission with miss amanda jane here for the thursday night chaser this has been a thursday afternoon happy hour it's not really afternoon either but it's gonna be more night then than now so you know what the noon was before we started therefore right now afternoon happened therefore yeah. afternoon yeah if you want to come back here to the die bar of the AWC for more semantics we will always be here <laughs> i want my Bishop. birthday shout out amanda that was last week yeah she didn't get 111 it. i want my birthday yeah. shout out uh that's bishop from at tw takes podcast i'm at ref marsh we are at wotr the show uh, and this has been a br- an episode. Of- <laughs> We're not getting the two. I gotta write that shit down. <laughs> this is episode one global. I'm gonna put it on a global. We'll be no, back. Pit it on the map. Pit this one on the map. I'm gonna pit we it are on the map. 
I've always wanted to be a wrestling. <laughs> this is wrestler on the rocks. <laughs> no, it's the at TW Takes Podcast. Uh, follow me. I am blocked by Dave Meltzer. So fuck off. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. We should go. Do you want to wipe our Conrad... teeth at the same time again? We just did the same fucking yeah. thing at the same time. We should time. see. Uh, we should see if uh, Conrad's still selling the fuck Dave Meltzer shirts. We'll get a couple. Uh, so you would not, guys. Uh, <laughs> we'll be back in just a couple hours, right here in the dive bar of the AWC for brand new episode one. As last call. Cheers. Hey, producer lady here. Thanks for tuning in. Continue to support us or buy us a drink by following and putting the I and subscribe on Twitch. Or subscribe and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Cheers. I would never have a drink with wrestling on the rocks.